the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buddy of mine was talking to me today, RD, and he was telling me. I know everything he was telling me was for my own good, and he was just telling me that uh, sugar is ten times. Had you heard this? Ten times as as uh, powerful or as addictive as cocaine. Ten times. Wow. Yeah. You know I what know, that I've tells me? I've been addicted to it for a while. Here's what it tells me. I ain't going to worry about cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to make it that far, are you? You're stuck on the sugar. Anyway. <laughs> I tell you what, the older you get, the less your body handles it. Now, I, and, and uh, you know, I used to eat cinnamon rolls in the morning and, and stuff like that, and it gives me a headache now. But, yeah, you need to taper off the sugar. I Take do your energy right, away from it. You're mm. doing good. You've How much weight have you lost? Uh, since I began my weight loss last year. It's going to get, we'll start 17th month next month, 58 pounds. 58 pounds, that's amazing. You're a changed yeah. man after yeah. I've 58 lost a lot pounds. Of, yeah, I've lost a lot of weight. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, it's, it's funny for me to actually pull my butt out of bed early in the morning and put on my workout clothes and hit uh, I hit the uh, treadmill and uh, do about mile and a half, two miles on it, about three and a half miles an hour three percent incline that's good that'll keep that plumbing from getting clogged no, up. you don't so. have to go back and do that all no, over again no once is enough as <laughs> that's like a pretty to good motivator to change it really your lifestyle, is once it? is enough all right i wanted to start right now let me just explain to everybody uh jan is not going to be here she's supposed to be calling in here in a few moments from uh not the bat cave but the gun cave down there in hot uh, hot springs but and i understand that in the back like she's got, uh, you know, those got one of those, you know, the really tight uh, uh, outfits for superheroes that she wears when she goes out to fight crime at night and all of that. <laughs> and then she's got a really souped up motorcycle that she rides around on. Well, I know she rides when she's, a souped when up she's motorcycle. Doing, doing well, I've all seen of that. that. I hadn't seen the outfit yet. So anyway, she's got all that going on, and she'll be calling from the her uh, her of course uh, uh, gun cave. Uh, to talk with us uh but paul is on his way i've never seen paul ever come in late today he's going to be he says i'm running late and i'm, yeah, I'm sure he's got a, he he's got a reason if he's not here there's a reason why he's running late so probably he'll be a getting hot here. date or something and uh, jan is running the show on her facebook from where she's at so if you're joined up with us we welcome you here this is the dave ellswick show jan will be jumping in during uh breaks so she can talk to her fans uh over on her facebook but if you want to be part of this uh, show feel free to give us a call at 501-823-0965 501-823-0965 now, i want to start off with the big story on the front page today of the dem gas 
And, and you're, you're laughing as you're reading this story as, as I get ready it to talk sad, about it. It is sad, but true. I'm it, laughing it is instead sad. of crying. I'm laughing it is instead sad. of crying. What's amazing is that they, they break down uh, this whole thing of the, the bribes that uh, Jeremy Hutchinson, who was, for you who are not from Arkansas, uh, is a state or was, he's not any longer, was a state senator uh, here in the state of Arkansas. He's pled guilty uh, to taking bribes. And now the guy who paid him the bribes is going has been charged. You know, now here's this makes me want to ask a here's Paul. This is Paul Calvert. If you're tuned in and you wonder, and this is Paul. All right, so let me just ask both of you this question. You got this huge story on the front page about um, Hutchinson and being bribed by this dentist. Okay, in what was it about a year and a half? This guy gave him a hundred, almost hundred and fifty-eight thousand oh, dollars. And before it was all said and done, it was a whole lot. You know, it was a whole lot of money. Is what it came down to say. Why is it that they're going after him? But in the Mazio case, that's my favorite. Yeah, where? Why haven't they gone after the? They put him in prison. They have to know who was the person to pay the bribe. Why haven't we heard anything about that? What do you guys think? Well, I'm going to go first. Well, I've heard. I know I've got my opinion. From what I've heard is that that, that it may very well be that Maggio wasn't actually guilty of bribery. He might have been guilty of something else. And so you can take a plea deal. Sometimes you might plea to something that you didn't actually do. And if they kind of know that... Then, then maybe he didn't actually. Maybe nobody actually paid him a bribe, and so therefore there wasn't anybody to charge with paying. The now bribe. let me just ask this question: Do you believe that? I don't know. I mean, that's I, I really not what I. I mean, from the get go, we heard that there was money given to him if for you, his oh, for his if, campaign. If for there's, there's absolutely no doubt that there's money given to him for his campaign. I think that the issue is whether or not it really qualified as a Quid bribe. Pro quo, and that's and that's the thing is that how do you how do you separate a campaign donation from a bribe when they're so similar. Well, here's the key. I don't see how you how <laughs> you separate. It looks like a duck and it walks the, like yeah, a duck. Yeah, when you get quacks like X a amount duck. of dollars from somebody that owns a whole bunch of uh, and retirement they, uh, places and all of a sudden you reduce uh, a penalty. Wasn't it from $10 million to a well, million or I, something like that? I think like it was that? about 5 down to $1 million. Yeah, I mean, it was a huge amount. It was a good amount. investment for $50,000. Well, that was it, a real it, good investment. It, it would be. But and the thing is, I, I've heard a little bit about the case. It was one of those cases where the the jury award really was pretty unreasonable. And so the amount, the, the adjustment really was I not a question. I don't give a hoop. No, and, and, yeah. I, and that's the thing is that the, 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 from what I understand, there really wasn't much conflict over over whether or not his decision to reduce the amount was actually reasonable or unreasonable. Somebody, the quid pro quo somebody aspect, I think, is was the very more, powerful in the state of Arkansas. I'm just well, telling well, you, I can't. Everybody, I'm, I'm knows. not naming. I'm not naming names. I'm just saying somebody is awful powerful. Well, in this you don't state. have to. You don't have to do much research to see who made a fifty thousand dollar investment and got several million dollars knocked off the mm-hmm. case. Everybody knows who did it. This person is very good friends with some very high officials currently elected in the state. I've been told that they're best friends from like someone that's number three in the state. Mm. And this person also gives equally 
to both sides of, of the aisle gives it's, equally to I, both sides of the aisle. So if you give equally to both sides of the aisle and you have some very good friends in, in high places, mm-hmm. then then and that's, uh, and that's one of the nasty parts about politics today is that money buys power. And I, was it Rockefeller? Or was it's it just one of the, not one today. Of the, yeah, it's been a long it's been time. Going on. Well, who was, was it that started Standard Oil? It was Rockefeller, was it right? Rockefeller? And Rockefeller made the statement, I didn't get involved with politics until politicians got involved in my business. Right. And, that's, and that's part of that's, the problem. Is boy, we, I agree we've with got, that. Sometimes we just have business owners that, that are paying bribes on some level, which is so similar, very, very similar to a campaign contribution. To in get order to people keep the, to leave, him, leave them alone. And, and I totally understand that to some extent because, you know, if I was to – Maybe I was going through a border checkpoint or something of that nature, and they told me, you know what, you pay up 100 bucks, or we're going to rape your mama. Guess what? If I can't kill every last one of those um, scoundrels, I'm probably going to pay the 100 bucks. Yeah, the sad thing is so much politics goes on in high places, mm-hmm. and one person can, can bribe a senator mm-hmm. and, and, and get charges and go to jail, right. and a bigger fish can bribe a judge and not. But right. What I'm thinking of all about this is a red flag law. So you want to give <laughs> you judges government that and kind of all power. of these people the right. power to come in your home. Let me just tell you, that don't bother me. You know what bothers me is this thing that's going to come out right after uh, September 1st. And I hope that everybody's paying attention to this. Lindsey Graham has been talking about it. And it's all about what was going on uh, with these FISA courts mm-hmm. and people – fraudulently getting warned give yes <laughs> and let me tell you they prove that if it if it's provable mm-hmm. then those people need to go to federal pri- i'm not talking a mediterranean mm-hmm. prison i'm talking send them to leavenworth mm-hmm. and give them a long time well, and, and, behind bars and, and, and unfortunately so many times that kind of accountability cannot be relied upon that's a serious problem i mean just like we we're talking about i think last week with the on the standard ground, or not standard ground, the the red flag issues is that we cannot trust the government right now to hold people accountable when they lie to take people's kids away. Why should we trust them on the red flag laws? You, and I think that that issue on that the FISA court type thing that's a perfect it, example. Perfect example. The people that are supporting red flag laws right now, those same people that issued those warrants, and the same activist judges that we have in Little Rock that lays out in the streets. And pretends to be dead whenever they're whenever Pro- protesting the death penalty. When they're protesting the death penalty, those are the people that you're going to give the power to take your guns away before you're convicted of anything. And, and that's you're, a serious you problem. are innocent until proven guilty in this country. And the FISA courts are supposed to be using the highest standards. Standard. Oh yeah. yeah, to protect our rights. Yeah. Jan Morgan. Doesn't that worry you? It looks like the FISA courts were uh, misled and and gave all of these uh, abilities to listen in on Americans. It more than worries me. It's it's extremely uh, dangerous because when you give the government that much leeway with our liberty, 
you know it's going to be abuse. I don't trust my government with that kind of privilege. Uh, something else, I'll tell you what, Dave, people everywhere are talking about this today. This morning I was I just pulled into a convenience store to grab some Gatorade for my husband, take it to him, and people were talking about it behind the counter, the people that worked there. They were talking about this very issue uh, and about the, the concerns that people have in this country that justice is no longer equal. You know, if you're certain people, you can get away literally with murder. And when you see what happened with Epstein's case and you see what happens repeatedly with with people in high places and how the, the laws of justice are differently, they apply differently to different people. And when you no longer have any faith in your judicial process and then when you have no no longer have faith in your election process when you feel like your vote doesn't count because of uh, fraud in elections that's a dangerous place for people to be because they're going to start withdrawing pulling away from all of it and what's left to fix our country how are we going to fix things when everybody pulls away well you're not you're eventually going to have another revolution and i'm telling you people are talking about that now well that's where people are put some gold in those scales for lady liberty and she'll lift that blindfold up just <laughs> a little bit to see who it is and say oh okay i'll take care of you you know that, that's well, what i'm saying this day you know that I've got over a million followers on my social media pages. Many of them are listening right now and, and participating in your show, and they've started calling into your show, which is great. But they're saying, forget an assault weapons ban. Nobody's giving up their, their AR-15s, their 308s, and any of their rifles that look scary, which is basically what Democrats think is an assault weapon. Uh, they're not giving up their semi-automatic weapons. They're not going to go for a universal background check. And let me tell you something. When a politician says, what's wrong with universal background checks? The, the definition of universal background check, what they really mean is, and this is what it really what really happens, is you lose your ability to engage in private sales. You mm-hmm. end all private sales. That's what universal background check sounds good, but that's not what it really means. It's not what it sounds like. It means no more private sales, which means a national gun registry. That's what it means. You can't sell a gun to your neighbor. It has to go through the federal system. Oh, and you can't pass it on to your 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 uh, kids. adult child. You know your kid that's going off to college, or your son who's raising a family, and he can't afford to go buy a gun. And you say, "Here, son, I want you to have my gun so that you can protect your family." You can no longer do that. You actually have to go pay a tax to the government for a transfer fee and legally transfer it. So you're getting taxed again on something you've already paid for. You know when you bought the firearm. It, it's just. None of this is going to fly with the people of this, of this country, I'm telling you. We've had enough of this. Well, you've got Democrats out there on the left saying things like, uh, was it Kristen Gillibrand? Is that her name from New York? Yes. Yeah. Here, here's what she's saying. Listen to this, cut, that cut four from yesterday. I want to move on to guns. Earlier this week, you signaled support for a mandatory federal buyback program for assault weapons. More moderate Democratic candidates have stopped short of such a program. If they didn't give them back, if you got this through, what does that mean? You want to prosecute them? You want to find them? So I don't think we should be living in a world where a family can't go to Walmart to do their back-to-school shopping. I don't think we want to live in a world where young children are learning shelter-in-place drills as opposed to math drills. That's the truth of where we are. And so as president, I would seek to make uh, a ban on assault rifles and assault weapons, uh, military-style weapons. I would have a ban on large magazines. 
I would what make about it illegal. So you want to make it illegal to buy or sell these assault weapons. And as part of your effort, you would uh, offer money, a buyback. And if they don't. Anyone. So what you want to use is the current law that has placed different types of weapons, uh, required registration, like machine guns. We did this in the past. And we made... Um, Machine guns illegal, no. and if you owned them, they They're had to be registered, illegal. and they had to uh, have certain <laughs> kinds of fingerprinting for anyone who owns it. So you can use the same framework, but one of the biggest tools in your toolbox is buybacks, because you want to give people the opportunity to be reimbursed for the money that they spent to own those weapons. Okay, so let's get let's get something straight here. They never made it illegal to own. A machine gun. You have right. to write the. You got to buy the correct government license. If you'll pay your government enough money, they'll, they'll let you, let you buy a machine gun if you want one. Right. Which, which, you which, which is a, which is a serious infringement on your right to keep and bear arms. She, and and so, but t- she didn't answer the question straight off. The reality is that she wants government to come and kill people. Well, take their, let's and, uh, let's guns get, get something straight though, Jan. Let's let's think about what she's saying. What what Beto says, what Harris says, what Booker says, and they all want this, what they call a buyback. Now, she uses mandatory, Harris uses mandatory, and all that means, the Australian buyback program, which you're going to try to go with, is they're going to force you to sell your rifle or whatever back to the government. It is Gives not a free thing where you go, hmm, yeah, I could, I look mine having a couple of thousand extra dollars, so uh, I've got 15 AR-15, so I'm going to take a few of them in and sell it, you know? It's the, not that way. It's, the it's, criminals are not going to sell them as the well, funny thing. Well, of course thing. not. They're the going to steal yours and turn it in. So well, the criminals do not abide by any law. I'm pretty sure it's against the law to go in Walmarts and shoot people. I'm pretty sure it's against the law to go in schools and shoot people. So these people that think that another law will convince the criminals from breaking the law are but retarded. The, but I want everybody to understand, it's not something you choose to do or not. It is a mandatory right. thing. You, you are required. Now, here's the deal. The day they outlaw semi-automatic rifles in any form and semi-automatic handguns is the day Jan Morgan becomes an outlaw. You can just put this down and write it because I'm not turning in anything. I'm not giving up anything. There are some things worth dying for. And that's that's the day I'm going to become an outlaw. They're never going to be able to enforce that. They don't have enough people to enforce it. And what people are going to do is just say, well, hey, if, they, if the police show up at your door, you say, well, hey, I, I, I lost, I misplaced my rifles. I put them somewhere to ha- keep them safe. And now I don't remember where I put them. I don't know where they are. I mean, how are you going to enforce that? What are you going to do, arrest people because they, they forgot where they put their things? No, it's, it's it's absurd. All of the whole Democrat line of thinking is absurd. I can't believe anybody would vote Democrat anymore. There's not a single candidate they have that makes a lick of sense. Not one. I agree with you, Jim. We got to get a break in RD, and then we'll come back. Way I'll past. Pick, we'll pick up. Yeah, I'm way way past. Let's take our break. We'll come back with more. If you're watching on Facebook, it's the Dave Ellswick Show. We are in Little Rock, Arkansas. We ask you to be part of the show. All you got to do is give us a call at uh, 823-0965, 501-823-0965. So as you know, here on the Dave Ellswick Show on Tuesdays, when the power panel's here, 
Uh, Jan Morgan uh, puts my Facebook onto her Facebook so people from all over the nation can take part in the show and people can call in and give us their opinions about what's happening nationally as well. In the studio, RD is here. Paul is here. I'm here. Jan is back at the uh, at the uh, gun cave in Hot Springs. She will not be in the studio today, but she'll be calling in <coughs> from time to time. Right now, let's talk to Robbie. He is out in Kentucky. We're in Kentucky, Robbie. Uh, eastern part of Kentucky, Prestonburg, Kentucky. Okay, so I you'll know where I went to college at, Moorhead State. Absolutely. I know where you're at. Yeah, that's exactly where I went to school. I went there when Sonny Allen was the baseball coach. I played baseball there at uh, at Moorhead. Down wonderful, in Rowling, Rowling County. Well, what do you yes, got? Sir, that's right. What do you got for us today? Hey, listen, really appreciate what you're all doing. I think it's wonderful. Uh, maybe we can get this country straightened up. Uh, it's going in a, in, a, in a bad way. Yes, it so is. I think I'll, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can get uh, get things going, get things straightened up, and uh, maybe uh, work on trying to recoup everything. Well, Robbie, let me ask you a question. How old are you? I am forty nine. Okay, you probably can remember this. When they talk about these buyback programs, it's as they're reinventing the wheel or something. There's been buyback programs for guns in some of our major cities. Uh, for years, it went on years ago, and it was voluntary. You could bring in and you say, well, you know, I really don't want this gun anymore, and, and the police would pay you money for it. Do you remember that? I do. I sure do. Do you remember what the biggest problem with it, with it was? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, you know, the, the, the gun, it's not the guns, it's not a gun problem. It's the individual holding the gun. If they would stiffen the laws on the, uh, these uh the crimes that are committed uh for instance if you get somebody that kills somebody hey tw- within 24 hours put him to death put him down mm-hmm. I, I, I think make it fast make, make, yeah, make, make the, it quick make, the, make it move quick swift. i absolutely I agree. I agree absolutely it's not the gun's fault it's the people behind the gun that's evil that's evil hearts and I think, you know, like I said, you, you stiffen the uh, the penalties and you watch the crime. The crime will decrease. All right. Robbie, thanks for your call. I appreciate you. And uh, I've spent a long time in Kentucky before. Went to college there. My mother was from there. Both my brothers are from there. And uh, that's why I get along so well in the South. Basically, grew up in the North but raised Southern. <laughs> just the way it was. <laughs> Bottom line, though, I want everybody to realize they have these voluntary buybacks. This was going on for a long time. Here's the problem that the police were running into in some of the cities. The criminals were breaking into people's cars. They were breaking into people's homes, and they were stealing their guns because there was no way of checking to see if, was that legally their gun? Did they buy it? No. That, well, they're going to sell it back to the police, though. So. And that that just kind of opens up an, a new thought to me. Is that I had never never cons- considered that idea, the aspect of a gun buyback, is that the, it turns the government into the fence or to the 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 makes the them buy, a fence. The using taxpayers' money to buy stolen property. That's exactly you that's, are exactly right, sir. That is just well, crazy. 
Because if it's a no questions asked type situation, so that means, you know, I could, someone can come and break in. Maybe they know someone's a gun enthusiast. And so they go break into their house, steal $20,000 <laughs> worth of guns, and then more. take them to the police, and the police will buy buy the stolen property. I mean, look, they still steal guns now, okay? Sure. And they sell them on the black market. Now you're going to make it really easy for them. Steal the wow. guns and just show up at cop. Now, I would suggest if you're a smart criminal, which there are very few of them, I wouldn't show up like every week with 20 guns or something. You might not want to do that. But, but yeah. you know what? If they're, if they're not asking questions, if that's what their policy is, that's a dangerous policy to have. Not to mean they shouldn't be doing it anyway. Yeah, well, I'm with you. Go ahead, Mark. Tell everybody one thing. Registration is the first step for confiscation. That's the first thing. And confiscation is the last step to totalitarianism. That's exactly right. And all these people with red flag laws, we still got Democrat, Democratic judges all over this country. We've still got them. And if you want to put all these activist Democratic judges in a place where they can take people's guns away from them without them being convicted of any crime, when you look at all the things that we've talked about judges doing in the past, Republicans, you need to get your head screwed on. You're talking and acting like Democrats. remove it from that dark orifice that you've evidently inserted it into. All right, Mark is in Texas. How are things down the Lone Star State? Doing good. What you got? Well, my concern is the red flag law. I mean, I've been I've been saying for a couple of years now, all they got to do is take people's guns away one at a time. You know, nobody's going to join together. You know, you take your neighbor's guns away, people see them being taken away, but they're not going to stand up with them. You do it one at a time, they take enough of them away, and it's just – diminishes the whole country at you know one gun at a time or one person at a time on the gun holders did did you hear me talking uh, about they they have buyback programs now they're voluntary remember that these new ones that they're talking about are mandatory that means you have no choice if you own a certain type of gun that the government says you shouldn't have you've got to bring it in and they'll give going to give you a few shekels for it. Well, that's the same way, and they do that one gun at a time. First, they come after, you know, uh, they are seventeens, fifteens, and then you know they just start going down the line. You know, next year it'll be something else. The year after that, they'll be coming after something else. Yeah, until, until you're exactly yeah, right. you're exactly cor- correct, and until you don't have any, and they do have them. And then they can come and tell you exactly how you're going to live your life, how you're going to carry, uh, raise your family, and on and on and on. Exactly. I'm with you, Mark. Where you live in Texas? uh, Outside of Sulphur Springs. I know where that's at. Between Dallas and uh, Texarkana. I know where you're at. I know exactly where where you're at. I lived in Texas for nine years. I love Texas. I'm going to retire down in Texas. Well, I'm originally from Cabot, Arkansas, but really I've been down right. here for 21 years. How, now, how weird is this? I want you to think about this, Mark. All right, I lived in Texas for nine years, and then I came to Arkansas, and I live in Cabot. You left Cabot. Oh, really? And you live in Texas Cabot's now. <laughs> Cabot's a great, 
great town, isn't it? It is. It's a great town. It uh, truly, truly is, Mark. All right, I'm going to let you go. we got other people want to get on with us. we got Paul. Paul is in that, one, that safe city in America, Baltimore, Maryland. Oh. Hello, Paul. How are you? I am fine. How are you? We're doing great. What you have for us today? Well, I, I got to stand behind all this stuff that you guys are sharing. Um, I am a resource officer in a school in Baltimore, Maryland. And wow. uh, a lot of stuff has been going on. You probably have seen the news with everything that's going on with Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore is a very high crime uh, city right now. It's a lot of crime, a lot of shooting. Uh, the uh, crime rate is very high, too. Right. The thing is, if you just, you know, they're saying, oh, let's get rid of the guns, let's get rid of this, let's do the red law and all this other stuff. And, you know, uh, I'm a U.S. Marine Corps uh, uh, vet myself. Hoorah! You're not taking my guns away, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. Absolutely. Out of my dead, cold fingers. I mean, that's the only way. I appreciate your call. Thank you very much. We've got to get a break in. Then we're going to go to Florida. we got other callers calling in. Feel free to call us, 501-823. Oh, what is it? 0965. 0965. I always want to put a 2 where the 9 is at. <laughs> All right, 501-823-0965. We'll talk with you in a few moments. Right now, here's a break. All right, back. Let's go to the phones. We've asked Rick to, uh, Rich to wait on. He's in Florida. Rich, how's the weather in Florida today? Uh, it's a little overcast and humid, but same, you know. Same, it's Florida, uh, brother. It's nice. Yes, it's Florida. It's <laughs> nice. <laughs> Go ahead. What do you have for me? Um, well, I'm I'm retired NYPD. All right. Wow. And I and I was involved in those buybacks. All right. See everybody. People think I lied to them. I'm telling them the truth. All right? They were voluntary, right? Of course. Well, okay, they're voluntary, but um, we'd give, depending on the type of weapon they came in, they'd get a gift card. Okay. From Walmart, from, you know, from some other local stores that were part of the community. All right. And... It's a total waste of time because people would come in with these, let's see, 1800, <laughs> anything from the 1800s <laughs> to the 1900s, these old decrepit weapons. Right. The ones you had to break and, in half and, and load up. And they were so, yeah. And they was you know, rusted and they were totally useless. Mm-hmm. They needed to so, go to the scrapyard instead. Huh? Did all the drug dealers turn their guns in and all the criminals? Yeah, they all came in with their bandanas <laughs> on. And, um, Wearing their colors, huh? It's a, total, it's, a, it's a total waste of time. So, I agree. So, Thank you. Did you. Go ahead. Go ahead. I don't know if you guys were talking about Antifa. Now I we, wish Antifa would come down to Florida. You're looking for Which some target great, practice? Well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I belong to a... Um, a veterans motorcycle group, uh, combat veterans. We all have our weapons, mm-hmm. and we're just praying that they come down, come down any any part of. As long as they cross over the border, we'd be right there. I got it, 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 
nobody, nobody except for those panty waists would get hurt. All right. Hey, RD's got a question for you. Hey, I read an article. Yes. Do you know about the article that I just read yesterday that said that there's a red flag, flag law in Florida and they confiscated the wrong person's guns recently? No. All right. I just I, read that, that Florida. I read did not article. Hear. Hadn't heard about Would. it. All right, Paul, you had a question for him. Um, well, so you were you were at least around the buyback programs there in New York City, I guess. Yes. So, did you notice any kind of an uptick in in theft or like gun crime, gun theft during that time from people going and stealing the, guns from private citizens and selling them? The precinct, the precinct that I worked for was in Brooklyn, East Flatbush, Brooklyn. Every day is an uptick in crime. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It doesn't matter. I mean, the, of course, there was increase in, increase in break-ins, uh, vehicles, homes, stuff like that. Plus, there was armed robberies. and So it, it made no difference. It was, a total, it, was a, it was a waste of eight hours of two cops would sit on this bike, you know. And we'd usually set up in the parking lot of some supermarket or something like that and it was always right before school started right so uh, what it originally was called uh, uh, they used to they used to give back like shoes sneakers yeah. uh-huh. and and you know then they'd run through the sneakers and they'd be running out for gift cards <laughs> it was it was originally called kicks for kids yeah right well, Rich, we appreciate your call. Hey, Thank you for joining no us from Florida. Thank we you for appreciate your you. Let's come back to Arkansas here in Little Rock, and Larry is with us. Hey, Larry. What is going on? It sounds like a great time up there today. We're yeah. having a good time. We've I talked to Texas there. and all kinds of places today. Oh, I know. I've been I've been able to hear today. I'll get busy here again in a minute. But right, I I got a question because the President Trump. Uh, put a band and and told everybody they had to turn their bump slides in. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if you can buy them anymore. I wish no. I had one. You cannot I, buy them I, any I longer. I played with one one time, and they're cool as all fun. But but okay. But he said so. They made a law. You had to turn them in. Mm-hmm. How many people? And I heard there was like what forty million of the things out there. How many of those have been turned in? Now, that 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 information is is classified. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure all yeah. the criminals turned them in, just yeah. like New York City. <laughs> yeah, I mean a lot of good. Uh, you know, I'm I'm with Jan Morgan, 100. Um, percent um, As soon as they start this crap, uh, it'll turn me from a good guy to a bad guy. And I think that's what their their purpose is doing uh, to do anyway is to turn everybody who's good into bad people. I agree uh, with this with this nonsense. And uh, and the guy who just called in, by the way, a thank you for your service, dude. Uh, if you're still hearing, here's my thing, Larry. I'm wondering if his last name. You said he worked for the New York Police Department. Is his last name Sipowitz? I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm just working. I'm just wondering. Little NYPD blue there. That's right. I know. Uh, I don't know. But but trying to put a band on something, I think, is stupid. Mm-hmm. It, I think every time anything like this is done, and you can read it, you can see it all across the world, um, dictators 
become bigger dictators. Yep. Uh, the people become weaker. Yep. People are killed uh, and starved. Um, the, the the criminal activities go way up. I remember Australia it just like what three four hundred percent overnight. Yeah, rapes criminal. and everything went right through the roof. Everything it just it just went nuts. And and for and for me, um, I am I am thinking this this gun stuff. It's just they, the, I, the Democrats. I really think need to move on. But then on the other hand, I know many Democrats who. They're they're getting wishy washy about being Democrats now, finally. But you know, but every time they start talking about the gun, these guys are gun. They got their guns, and they they do not like it when the Democrats start talking this stuff. And maybe if they keep it up, it'll finally push them over the edge. If if the the squad and people like that haven't already, because uh, I know a lot of them are getting wishy washy about being Democrats now. <laughs> all right, you know all. Total circumstance, but anyway, well, you know, they need to they need to get off this gun bit. All right, Larry, really thanks bit. for your call. I pr- I appreciate you. That's a man who used to own a gun shop mm. here in Little Rock. Used to advertise with me, ah. and uh, appreciate him a whole lot. And he is a true conservative. Larry is last name Witherspoon. That's his name. I remember that. Bullseye name. guns and ammo. Oh, wow. Yeah, I remember he started that. them. Okay, so that's uh, that's who Larry is. He also, this is the thing that I always thought was cool about him, all right, is that he used to go down and banned hummingbirds. What? Is that right? He banned hummingbirds. He would catch them and they Yeah, put, they, like, they like caught they, them and banned them. Sort of like they so put they them ducks. Could, we could, they could follow them where they flew wow. to and all that. Very cool. He sent me some pictures of Little tiny teacup looking nest with the little tiny eggs in them and all that kind of. That was a very. He's he's just a ultimately cool dude. That is, I had to get him on sometime. He's really a lot. Wow. That's one of my favorite things up in Blanchard Springs Caverns. They put out hummingbird feeders. Oh there my god! And there are thousands of there's them. Thousands of them. Wow. So you can go up to Blanchard Springs and they'll mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. like thirty feeders out, and they'll be coming out of the caves in different places, mm-hmm. and you can actually watch thousands of hummingbirds. Oh, it's birds. so much fun. It's wow. really fun. That's one of really the coolest cool. birds. Are, there's two things I like to watch in the summertime. Hummingbirds and bats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bats amaze me towards, you know, sunset mm-hmm. when they're out feeding. Eating, I don't know how skaters. any animal can turn that fast. Just, yeah. Mm, tch, mm, you know, it's amazing <laughs> to watch them. really, really is. With no incredible. Eyes. Or no no. No seeing. No yeah, using, yeah. what is that? that sonar. Radar, uh, right, yeah. the, what's it called? Echocution or something? Mm-hmm. That wasn't it's that a form of sonar. That's right? actually, yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's just, air, in, that's, in the the, that's the uh, the scientific name for it. Okay, echo. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. sonar. That's basically yeah. what it is. Yeah, it's basically exactly. sonar. sonar is usually in the water. You think how good yeah. that is, that it can pick it up off an insect. Wow. Yeah, you know yeah. they involve like that, you know, by accident. Yeah. You know, as yeah. they were involving from yeah. sludge in a pond somewhere, mm-hmm. they involved into that system right. there. Right. And yeah. it, it was, evolution was pretty intelligent, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. There was a lot yeah, of intelligence pretty, behind it. Pretty cool stuff. But the sad part is that's the answer to our gun problem is teaching children that all people are created equal in God's sight and they have a soul and everyone is special. <laughs> And I don't know why Republicans are afraid to come out and say that, and say that that God has an answer for this problem. He has a solution for it, but it seems like the Republicans are afraid to talk about because it. Because the big problem is in the United States, we are now a post-Christian. 
culture. Yeah. When government no doubt. actively teaches children that they're basically um, animals. Yeah. That's which takes problem. us right to Animal Farm, which is that <laughs> some pigs, some are, pigs more are more than equal than other pigs. Let's take a, <laughs> pay, a break. Get Dave Ellswick show. You can be part of the uh, discussion today. We've been talking guns, 501-823-0965. All of Jan uh, Morgan's uh, Facebook folks joining us today. We appreciate you being here. 501-823-0965. We look to hear from you after the news. All right, we move into the second hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. For you who are on Facebook today and are watching all over the United States, we are in Little Rock, Arkansas, God's country to be exact, flyover country to the Democrats, to their uh, remorse should be. But bottom line is uh, it's a, a conservative talk show, in fact, a very conservative talk show. And uh, joining us uh, is R.D. and Paul. They are normal power panel members. Jan Morgan would normally be here. She is at the Gun Cave in Hot Springs. She's watching on Facebook like a lot of you are. She uh, is texting me when there's points that she wants to make (laughs) or she's calling in and wants to talk to us. And we brought a special guest in with us here today. And I... uh, I have a lot of respect for the man who's sitting in the studio. Dan Sullivan is here. He is a state representative here in Arkansas in District uh, 53. That's up in the Jonesboro area, if you know anything about Arkansas. And he is uh, running for state Senate uh, in District 21. Am I correct in Jonesboro? That, that's correct, Dave, and okay. I appreciate it. And um, I was afraid you introduced the other folks as normal. I didn't know. If I was going to be <laughs> no, you're Abby normal. You know, I, 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 well, I don't know if I, what, what I think about being introduced as being normal. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I just mean that you're here every week for the most part. You're regular. We're you're regular. regular. That's it. I've got some really good news that'll be breaking. You okay. know, I sponsored uh, legislation on freedom of speech on college campuses. Mm-hmm. Yes, particularly about Turning Point USA in a lawsuit against Arkansas State oh, University. Yeah, Did it come part. out today in the it, paper? It's that the in uh, Section dismissed? B today about ASU dropping Well, all, Turning Point or, or, dropped, yeah, the lawsuit. dropped the yeah. lawsuit against them. Yes. And what, a, what a great thing for a young lady in, at Arkansas State uh, to stand up for her First Amendment right yep. and say, this is wrong and I'm ready to go to court and for Turning Point to step up beside her, take that case, and then for ASU, and I'll give ASU a lot of credit. They came to us and they said, look, write us a law, uh, give us some guidance on this. And, of course, uh, Robert Steinbach uh, got was a part of that. And you were a part of yeah. that. You've been pushing it for a while. Yep. So all of us coming together changed that. ASU wasn't out any money. But it all started with a, a young person standing up for their First Amendment. And now... It's time for folks to stand up for their Second Amendment right. You know, I got to tell you what. Sometimes you talk about the devil, and the devil calls you. Hi, Jan. How are you? (laughs) Hey. Yes, sir. I have a question for State Representative Dan Sullivan. Sure. Go ahead. uh, Senator Cotton on the show last week was explaining to us what Lindsey Graham's bill does. And he basically said that the red flag law, that the federal government wants to stay out of that, but Lindsey Graham's bill is going to send it back to the state. And what, what, what really I don't like about it is, well, nothing, I don't like anything about it, but is that they're going to offer money to the states. They're going to incentivize state governments 
to pass red flag laws against the people of the state. And I'm wondering, you know, are, are you going to support that, the federal government giving Arkansas money and, and support red flag laws for this state? I will uh, not support money? I will not support red flag laws. I hadn't heard about the financial incentive. Arkansas has a very poor track record, a terrible track record. Every time we're bribed by the Oh, you called it an incentive, didn't you? I'm sorry. Every time <laughs> yeah, we are incentivized uh, to take federal money, we seem to run for the money regardless of the outcome. And I, we have not been through uh, any of those in government incentives or bribes. Uh, I think uh, Rep- Representative Westerman talked about 30 pieces of silver. We've never done that where it's been beneficial to the citizens of the state of Arkansas we have lost freedom every time that's happened, and I will not be supporting any red flag laws in the state of Arkansas, nor will I be supportive of um, incentive money that comes down to bribe us to do that. Thank you. Well, Is you that know, clear? I, I, yes, thank you. I, I, I knew you were going to say that. That's why I love you, and that's why I wish you'd run for governor of this state. Uh, but here, here's just one thing, and I'm going to close and get out of the way, guys. Uh Anytime the federal government gives you money, it's not free. There's always strings attached. Mm -hmm. And we learned this with Obamacare. What happened the last time the federal government gave us money to implement a program? It turned out to be a a financial disaster for our state, and we're still paying for that. So I just want and hope that all of our legislators, our state representatives, our state senators are listening and that they will not fall for this bribe from the federal government. Thanks, guys, for letting me weigh in. Hey, no problem. Thanks, Jen, for calling in. Call back when you've got something you want to say. You're welcome here today. She's got some people that came into the gun cave today, evidently uh, former law enforcement and stuff, and they're doing their shooting to get their concealed carries uh, taken care of, re mm-hmm. Kind of re order. Yeah, yep. so that's why she's there. But I do understand that in the back of the gun cave, is her own special, like, bat cave. She's got a special crime-fighting uniform she wears at night, and she's got a real souped-up motorcycle she rides around on. <laughs> well, I've been on the motorcycle. Yeah. I've ridden motorcycles with her. And I love the, the comment your guest from Florida made, your formal, former uh, policeman, talked about Antifa this motorcycle coming? group yeah. uh, and Antifa. And, you know, we've got several motorcycle buddies here in Arkansas. I think, too, that are strong Second Amendment and and just people who stand up for freedom. That's basically where we're holding this down. And we've got to continue that freedom fight on every front, whether it's Second Amendment. I know you've been talking the last few days about hate crimes. No. And, you know, I just uh, I'm opposed. It drives to me that. crazy. It doesn't do any good, Dan. It, it's nothing more than wallpaper dressing well, for, for walls that don't need wallpaper yeah and you're you're hearing that a lot at the national level it makes me feel better when people say we have to do something and i understand the frustration and in many ways share the frustration but that frustration doesn't mean we do something just so we feel better yep it has to achieve you know, we talked about that today in the legislature we were talking about some educational issues and hiring a consultant group or $900,000 to come in and tell us about adequacy. Every task force, commission, or consultant that's come in, they give us facts that are 
generally skewed by someone, and then the decisions are ultimately political. So whatever decisions that we made or whatever evidence that was presented, it ends up being a political decision. Yeah. And this is the best country in the world for that to happen. But why spend $900,000 on a consultant when we're going to make political decisions based on that? Let's just have our people stand up, our elected legislators stand up, tell the people where they stand, and be voted up or down in the legislature based on where we stand. But then why do we have all of these people working for the Arkansas government if they can't be depended on to give you the Accurate true facts? Way. How about teachers? Anybody thought about asking a teacher what she needs in her classroom? Well, Yes, and they've done, uh, the Bureau of Legislative Research has done a lot of really good research on that. And it's one of the reasons I don't favor a consultant. I think generally problems are, are pretty simple. And first, you try to fix the most obvious problem before you call in a consultant. All research shows that having quality teachers in a classroom makes the biggest difference in education and learning. Wow, you think? Get quality teachers in there and pay them. Seriously, that's just simple stuff, right? But at the end of the day, we've got so much bureaucracy in the school system that, and I was sitting down with a lobbyist, no uh, no less, several years ago, or actually, he was actually a government agency head, I think, at that time. But and we were talking about some of that. It's like, what could you or I do with eleven thousand dollars per student? A classroom of twenty-five students—that's over a quarter million dollars. Yeah, yeah that, this, that's an insane amount of money, and they still can't get kids to learn how to read. And this problem started with incentives from the no child left behind problem. Our education system started going downhill when we were incentivized to do the Common Core testing and bring in the Common Core curriculum. And we still have 90% of that, and teachers are being told they have to teach all their children the same way, and they're not given the freedom to teach the way that their classroom needs to be taught because every group of kids are different. So this problem started with no child left behind, federal incentive, let the federal government control the testing so our classrooms and our schools would have to teach to a test instead of preparing our children to exist in the real world and teach them what they needed to know. Yeah, and you still get, again, you get back to freedom. It's First Amendment freedom, Second Amendment freedom, and educational freedom. You know, the bottom line is what's right for the family. And, of course, a lot of our issues in education are back in the family and the home environment, mm-hmm. and we don't do much to, uh, to address those issues. Rather, we just centralize it, thinking the same fix helps everyone, and it doesn't. So, and, you know, and I'd have to give, uh, you know, Johnny Key some credit for our all the things they're doing in the department to change that behemoth uh, and get it to push some of that power back to uh, the local school district and the parent. And I think they're making some good uh, strides there. But again, it's, it has to be about freedom. You have to give people the freedom to make choices, the medical area, educational area, First Amendment, Second Amendment. It's about giving people the power again. I, and I not agree. the federal government. Right, or the state government, or the county government, exactly. mm-hmm. wherever we are, centralize it back to where the people are responsible. And that's the broken philosophy of socialism: is that it's it it comes from the the fundamental the idea collective. that the collective and the, the individual is not 
smart enough, not intelligent enough, not competent enough to be trusted to make their own decisions. Therefore, we're going to let people vote to elect people to make decisions for us. And therefore, we'll just, we're just going to be willing little slaves. And if we and if we don't comply, well, government government individuals, government workers with guns will come and take us away. And you know they're doing that in Jonesboro now. And I know you don't have a big audience in Jonesboro. That's all right. I know Go you ahead. got one, not me. I love that. <laughs> you know, the, the, uh, we're getting ready to pass a, or trying to pass a um, one cent tax increase. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially it's just a no different than the Obama stimulus package. Mm-hmm. The difference, the only difference I see is that Obama printed the money and in Jonesboro, we're going to take the money mm-hmm. from people. So instead of me buying, being able to uh, buy something from our motorcycle, go to an ASU football game, instead of me spending that money how I want, the city's going to take it and mm-hmm. spend it how they want. It's just redistribution and takes mm-hmm. away from freedom. All right. We've got to get a break in. Dan Sullivan is here. He'll be with us for the hour. We welcome him here. You'll get a straight talker with Dan. He doesn't hold back. He'll tell you exactly how he feels. He is a state representative of House Seat 53, House District, and he is running for the state Senate, and that would be District 21. Well, I got R.D. sitting right across from me. I'm going to look at you. All right. Tell me a little bit about Sonny's. At Sonny's Auto Savage, we buy late model damaged vehicles that still have good parts left on them. Uh, we bring them in and we check out the parts that weren't damaged in the accident and we computer catalog these parts and put them under part numbers and put them in a warehouse. So when you call, we get your VIN number, your your make and model, and we have good uh, used parts that still have life left in them and we give you a one, two, or three-year warranty so you can make sure that when you uh, buy something that you get the service out of the part that you need. All right. It's that simple. What's the number to call? You can call us at 501-982-7451, 501-982-7451, or Google Sonny's Auto Salvage. You'll find us on the web. All right. We got to get a break in. Do that. Be back with RG, with Paul. Uh, of course, we'll hear from Jan from time to time, and Dan Sullivan, our special guest here in the studio on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Back with you. Of course, Dan Sullivan is here, state representative, along with R.D., Paul, Jan Morgan to check in from time to time. I'm sitting here looking at the principles of the Republican Party of Arkansas. And number four says, individual freedom and liberty secured by a limited government. Is that still alive in the Republican Party, (laughs) a limited government? Yeah, I think, uh, yes. And, but it's, as many people say, we have to fight for it every day. And we have a number of legislators down there, Republican legislators, who will fight and stand for that. But, you know, Dave, and it, it, there is a lot of pressure on people to turn away from what you promised in the first place. You know, when, when people, it's easy to keep a promise until somebody pushes you and there are dollars involved. You know, we were talking during the break about legislation that I ran uh, statewide to end moratoriums, to open up free markets in some businesses. And we couldn't get Republicans to vote for free markets because some of the people that owned those businesses were supporting those candidate, those representatives' reelection, and they couldn't vote against uh, that, which means they couldn't vote for free markets. 
And it's really a shame. And even our administration wouldn't speak to that bill. Our administration understood that this was a free market system, and our administration would not come to the table and speak for the bill. And the bill went down. It's you were we were talking during the break about Jeremy Hutchinson. Yeah, big page first front page story today. Fifteen charges filed on the orthodontist, bribes to ex senator alleged. Benjamin Burris, an orthodontist who operated clinics across Arkansas, been charged with fifteen counts of bribery. Uh, his name was Benjamin Burris. Burris paid Hutchinson one hundred and fifty seven thousand five hundred dollars between February of 2014 and November 2016, according to a 20-page federal indictment filed on Friday. Yeah, and you know, when you, when you run for election, it takes money to get reelected. And the people that donate money to your campaign have expectations. And if your principles align, then there's nothing wrong with that. However, when you have to violate your principles in order to satisfy someone who is uh, supporting your reelection, that's when things go awry. That's exactly what happened here. What do you think? Because this is something everybody was talking about during the last session, and nothing came of it, but some people are trying to put some teeth into some ethics laws. I mean, Mark Johnson, State Senator Mark Johnson, trying to do some, some other people trying to do some things as well. Nothing moving forward, basically. Uh, Hutchison, a practice, then a practicing lawyer, was paid monthly retainers that nominally were for legal services. Something has to be done. And I know that the lawyers are going to say, oh, you can't do that. You can't say I can't sign a retainer. Well, I think if you're supposedly serving the public interest, maybe you have to give up those retainers like well, that. Well, you know, Dave, you don't have to be an attorney to get a retainer. We could have you on retainer <laughs> as my consultant. Okay. Yeah, see, the consultant so is I'll really take your call problem. anytime, Dan. <laughs> yeah, this, this concept of having a retainer, though, to be paid while you're a legislator is an issue. And we're going to have to address those because there clearly are uh, some conflicts of interest um, that come into play and we'll have you know i had some legislation brian king ran legislation also and i had legislation drawn up and ready to rerun that uh or run it again but i did not do it i had other legislation i was working on and just didn't have a chance to run that but we're going to have to come up with legislation that addresses that issue if you know all of this corruption that we've been seeing and what we've been talking about all comes back from medicaid expansion if you look at, at the corruption of Jeremy Hutchinson, uh, that that orthodontist got off cheap. That that uh, <laughs> there was a place, a nonprofit out of Batesville, Arkansas, that paid him five hundred thousand dollars over four years. I mean, he got off cheap. He was getting hundreds of thousands of dollars. When you take two billion dollars from the federal government and give state government the control over two billion dollars, you just raise corruption in the state. The only way to have less corruption in the state is to have less money. Yeah. Gotta cut gotta cut the money off. All right. Well let's take a break. We got news that we gotta get to. We'll do that. When we come back, Dan will be with us for another half hour. We've got more to talk about. Of course, again, he's running for state senate, district. 21, I firmly support him. Your mic is hot. All right. All right. right. <laughs> <laughs> we took, during the break, I've always said we should do a show of just breaks. 
<laughs> Can we charge like pay-per-view or something? But most like of that? that is not alleged things that we say. These, they're, they're for sure things that we figure that we know, but we can't say them on the air because they're alleged. And even then, they're not even alleged. You know what I'm saying? If you want to stay alive. I don't want to be Epstein, okay? I, just, <laughs> I, just I know nothing. <laughs> we'll just get audited. We'll just get audited and... and uh, and get run through the mill, but yeah, our you know, is can I, I tell I a true story, Dan? During the time BB was governor, and I gave him all kinds of problems because he was telling the Arkansans that he didn't support Obamacare, and and then I got I got hold of the Sebelius letter that said that he was definitely wanted Arkansas to be number one state and all of that. Read it live on the air and whatnot. I got to the point where I could not mention who my friends were. Because they're, I'm not kidding you. This is true. Their businesses would get audited. Nothing's changed. I have one friend that got audited in a two and a half year frame five times. Wow. Nothing's changed. You know, it is, uh, it's sad that that's what it's come to. But, you know, we, it's, uh, again, the best system in the world is the system we have. Mm -hmm. But we are... And it's really dependent, as our founders' principle and our founding principles talk about an educated electorate. And it's it's up to the people to be educated on these issues. You know, as as we were talking off mic while ago about some of the things that the problems and the the what's behind the scenes going on, people need to ask those questions. The people, the electorate, need yep. to be asking those questions of their elected officials. How did we get to that point? You know, I think the way we get to that point is that most people, when they vote for their state rep or their state senator, they know these people, and they trust those people, and they don't think those people would would take money illegally, but yet that's exactly what's going on. And I think, I think Dan, you're really, Representative, you really are right that the, it really depends upon having an educated uh, electorate, the people who are voting. But John Adams the, the said. The problem is that public school, it does not produce an, an educated electorate. And that is not the way to, to obtain that. Parents need to educate their children. Parents yeah. need to take a, take responsibility and see that their kids are being educated. And you, you just can't trust the government to do it. And I think this is exactly what we're seeing right now is pretty much exactly what we should expect from government taking over education and um and and producing the, the type of people that vote for the losers that we have in office. You know, and that's why I've quit using the term school choice and I talk about educational freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's even better. I like that. Educational freedom talks to the parent. Mm-hmm. It talks to the family. Uh and what their responsibilities are at all levels. And you know the the lines that used to be very very clear. You know, I have my district lines, I have K12, I have elementary, junior high, and senior high. We have two-year schools. We have four-year schools. And there were clear lines of demarcation between those. They're gone now. You have ninth graders and 10th graders taking college courses. Mm -hmm. You have people taking online courses. You have uh, uh, industries like Nucor Steel who are running their own schools now. So if we continue down this very same model uh, that we're in now with trying to maintain these old lines that were made back in the early 1900s, certainly no later than 1950, we are missing the point with educating our people, whether it's about elections or whether it's about industry and careers, 
whatever it's about, the model has to change and it falls to the parent to take mm-hmm. responsibility for making sure their child has a good education. And I think most parents will step up in the next five to 10 years. They'll step up, one, if we give them a choice, and two, if we, um, if we make those choices known and put those out there. Unfortunately, our legislature will not step up and allow people the freedom of choice. Yeah. Why is it that the Republicans, away from having to cast a vote, they'll talk all about freedom of choice when it comes for parents to to uh, educate their children. But when push comes to shove, you can't get enough of them to, to back it. Well, you know, one of the, the first things you'll find out as a legislator is, is you're, you're, if you're not told directly, you learn pretty quickly. You can stay in Little Rock as long as you want if you just do what you're told. That's do what you're told by the lobbyist, do what you're told by special interest, school do what you're told, told by the administration, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the governor's office. And if you buck that, you're going to be sure to have a well-funded opponent, just as I did in my last house right. race, the Medical Society, most powerful lobby, and one of the most powerful lobbies in the state, if you go for um, – medical choice and health care choice, the medical lobby will come after you and well-fund an opponent. And I have one in the Senate now who's well-funded by the medical lobby. They'll be well-funded by the health care lobby, and they do not stand for freedom. Uh, Representative, how do you, how do we deal with this problem? We have so much, um, in so many cases, we have just a, a, a taxpayer-funded entities which in many cases the medical industry is is largely tax funded. How, how do we kind of rein in some of this lobbying that goes on and political activity that goes on that's with tax dollars? I mean, well, it, it, we, sometimes we see it directly with tax with with government agencies, but then sometimes with a little more indirectly with these quasi governmental agencies like the medical industry. Well, well, I'll go to a couple of others. You know, I, I talked to the uh, higher ed folks mm-hmm. who were paying their lobbyists with taxpayer dollars, and I said, guys, we're going to have a bill come up next session. They said, no problem, we'll change. Higher ed has already changed, mm. and there's no money going to their lobbyists. I talked with the uh, educators' administration, the, the superintendents' administration. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, they have taxpayer money. Right going to fund their lobbyists, and now they've changed. My next step is to go to the mayor's associations and the county officials Mm -hmm. and say, guys, no taxpayer money goes to lobbyists. Uh, Don't forget the association of counties, please. (laughs) And, you know, President Trump has the right idea. He stood up to these people. Mm -hmm. He stood up to the lobbyists. He stood up to others. He had the financial resources to do that. Many of us at the local level we don't have the financial resources. You know, I'm, um, personally, I'm putting in uh, almost all of my life savings, mm. not my 401k retirement, but I saved cash. Mm. And I'm putting almost all of that into uh, my reelection campaign. Very few people can do that. I'm mm. fortunate enough to have had a job and had a wife that's willing to make that commitment. But again, it goes along with what our founding principles, I forget what it is at the Declaration of Independence, but we pledge our lives. Yep. We pledge our finances. We pledge our sacred honor. And we need people who will stand up and not just say those things, but will do that. 
Uh, and it takes a lot of courage to do that. And I'll give my wife a lot of credit for having the courage. Put up, to put I definitely up. did the same yeah. thing for mine for yeah, because I did true. the exact same yeah. thing. I did the same thing that you're doing, only, you know, the Chamber of Commerce and, and all the Medicaid and all those people, you know, well, you know, they beat me on that one. But you don't always win. Yeah. When you're fighting for freedom, you don't yeah. always win. With that thought, when you were talking about how the lines were blurring in education, broadband is something that is Absolutely. going to change Arkansas, and it's going to change education as as well. There's not going to be as big of a need for brick-and-mortar buildings and things of that nature. Is, is the legislature talking about that yet? Or does it scare them? Yeah, no, I think it's, you know, the governor's taken a big lead in that nationally. And I think the governor has done a great job in helping advocate for that and put those programs forward. Um, so, I'm, you know, I think we are uh, uh, seeing that issue. But the same thing is true in, in the medical field. You know, UAMS just got a huge grant for what they're calling digital health. And the legislature is very hesitant. Uh, almost unwilling to get out in front of that because of the, you know, it's going to be dollars to doctors and the doctors and the medical society are adamantly opposed to it. We've been fighting, you know, the last six years to try to pass that. And although we went from 49th to 35th, there's still a long way we can go. Same thing with scope of practice issues. Mm -hmm. Medical society refuses to allow people, you and I, and the people that are listening, the freedom to choose how they'd like to receive their health care. Same thing in education. People, once they have a taste of freedom, you can't hold them back. We have to help people understand, get a taste of it. That's what your radio show does. Give people a taste, give them a vision of what freedom looks like. And I think people, and that's what our president has done. This is what freedom looks like. This is what the free market looks like. And this is, we've got to take hold and fight hard for it. Well, it's frustrating because I was having, I've had some discussions here recently. In so many cases, it's the people in the business that come to the legislature and lobby. They they lobby to protect themselves from competition in so many cases. Whereas the consumers, you know, when we, we don't, we don't know the bills are coming up and we don't even know how to lobby in many cases. And, but the, the, the connected businesses, they have a, they have a personal financial interest in knocking out their competition. And so in so many cases, I think that's what happens with, 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 these, with these big and powerful businesses. They will come in and, 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 and keep the freedom out, which is like your scope of practice type um, legislation. And some of the other things, we're just wanting liberty, but it's so hard to get people to actually stand up and fight for their own liberty because there's, there's, not, there's not a special interest, so, so to speak, like there is for the industry themselves. Right, and we need our, our state government at, at the leadership levels to step up for freedom. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wish Absolutely. our executive branch would stand up and say, this is a freedom issue, mm-hmm. and we are going to stand for freedom, right. regardless of where the money's coming from, regardless of what's being said. This is a freedom issue. Yeah. And when it comes to freedom, that jumps back to Second Amendment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It jumps back to you know those red flag laws and, and hate crimes. And these are freedom issues. Well, freedom is messy. It's not a clean, easy thing to do. What a great thing, too, Dave, because our nation, again, was founded on debate. 
is yeah. founded about people talking and people arguing and and people standing up on the stumps and and people writing pamphlets and the pamphleteer now is the radio show <laughs> and the pamphleteer now is the blogger and we just need people to get engaged and and be asking those difficult questions and if your legislator refuses to answer the difficult question you need to get somebody else yeah, it was a but, jefferson that said uh I would rather live with the messiness of freedom than with the uh, controlling something of slavery. And so well, many cases, and that's that's one of the things that people will 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 poo poo freedom and say, "Well, someone might get hurt." Yes, yeah, someone might get hurt, but guess what? Is is it is freedom so worthless that we're afraid of a, a few little difficulties here and there? I think freedom's yeah. pretty stinking valuable, and I think it is worth. The fact that, you know, somebody might get hurt. Well, freedom takes power away from your centralized government, mm-hmm. and it takes money away from it. If you have the freedom to, to pick your own health care system, and you have the and, – and if someone's going to have health care, if they don't have to crawl to the state government and get certified by the state, the more freedom that we have – the less money you have in state government and the more freedom that you have, the less power they have. That's why they are fighting to keep it in the education system. That's the reason they're fighting to keep it in the, in the health system, in the health care system, because they want all the money at the state capitol. They want to decide who gets it, and they want to be a part of it. And, and you've got individuals fighting to try to have the freedom to have that money available to more people in a free market. All right, we got to get a break in. We're going to come back and continue our conversation with Dan Sullivan, State Representative, District 53. He wants to be State Senator of District 21. I want to see him there. We need more conservatives like Dan Sullivan in the in the Senate, and we uh, look forward to his, the opportunity to get him there. That's going to happen next year in November. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. We've got more coming your way in just a moment. Let me correct myself when I said that we needed to elect Dan Sullivan to the state Senate next November. We need to turn out at the polls in March. That's correct. Early early primary this year. So uh, keep that in mind because uh, how many how many other people are running for that particular seat? Just uh, Senator Cooper and myself. Okay. Well, then this is a foregone conclusion. All right. Cooper has got to go. And the, and the reason he's got to go is on two just seminal votes. Number one, when he first ran for office, he promised. I mean, he double-dog dared us that he would, you know, he was going to vote against Medicaid expansion. And the first thing he did after he was elected is he voted for Medicare expansion. Secondly, this just happened in the last session. Uh, we had stand your ground legislation up. And he was the deciding vote in the committee dealing with it. And he voted against it. Now, both of those are terrible, terrible votes. One, in that he got elected against uh, by saying he was against Medicaid expansion. And two, he voted against something that is adamantly conservative and Republican. And he also voted for the earned income tax credit, which is in the Democrat platform. But, you know, getting back to the violence that's happening in our communities, you know, the answer to me, this is a spiritual problem, not a, I not agree. a gun problem. And John voted against 
allowing the Bible to be taught in schools this past session. One of the only Republicans to vote against that. Mm. And in 2017, he sat on the sidelines for having in God we trust in the school and did not vote on that. Uh, and you know, those are, you know, when we have the problems that we're having in the state uh, to be supported by Moms Demand Action, uh, you know, and have those votes that he does. That's why I decided to run. Well, when you vote for the Redcoats, <laughs> I, I don't want you in our government. I'm sorry. We d- we threw the Redcoats out once, and I guess we got to throw them out again. Is that right, Dan? It's time, yep. It's amazing. I mean, those mothers against guns or whatever the crap they call themselves, I give them all the credit that they got a First Amendment right. But the, la- the thing that I'd like them to do is to seriously – think through their arguments. Now, some of these people are, are elected specious. officials. They're elected officials. They're advocating against Second Amendment rights. They're violating their oath of office. I'm sorry. Why aren't these people being kicked out of office just just from a legal standpoint? They are clearly violating their oath. You know, one of the, this is a little bit of a jump from that, but, you know, the, uh, one of our founding principles, again, and the legislature has a it's very easy for us to say, well, the people are making a mistake and we're going to take their power away because we don't like what the people say. Mm-hmm. Republicans do that. The Democrats do that. One of our founding principles was when the people error or when the people are in error, our, our responsibility as a legislator is not to take their power away. Our responsibility is to educate them. And we as legislators too frequently think the people are wrong we're going to take their power away. And the Second Amendment's a great example of that. We think the people are wrong in what they think or say, and we're going to confiscate their guns because they just don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Now, and the, the, let, me, let me just read here. This is, you know, from the Republican Party platform. The personal <laughs> right to own, the personal right to own and bear arms. Cooper voted against that. I'm sorry. He voted against that. You know, if you're not going to follow the platform, don't run as a Republican. Yep, and you're in the Craighead County. They, we passed a resolution, non-binding. Uh, you didn't have to sign it. We passed a resolution to that effect, uh, just asking our elected officials and reminding our, I think the word in there was to remind our elected officials in the county to adhere to the Republican principles. Uh, John did not want that resolution to pass. It came to a two-thirds vote, and John lost that two-thirds vote and referred to the Republican committee as the Politburo and trying to enforce that uh, our ask request and reminder that we vote as on the Republican platform. John's, uh, I think, again, I think just not followed our Republican platform. He's actually voted for a number of Democrat platform issues. And I've, you know, if anybody, uh, your listeners, want to go on my website, they can go there, Dan Sullivan for Arkansas, okay. on Facebook and on the web, uh, take a look at what we're doing. We'd appreciate their support. And if they know folks in Jonesboro on March 3rd, uh, give them a call. We need the turnout. That's the way it works. I, I want I'd like to see the, follow, the, the, the primary be 75-25 Dan Sullivan. Yeah. yeah, well, that that we'll would be a great deal. That would be a great deal. You know, a lot of us supported Cooper and, uh, and, and saw that he flipped on the major issues that, that he stood on and ran on at his platform. But, you know, we do have a, a Republican uh, 
committees in each county that Dan was referring to in some of the work in your county, the Republican committees in the county, I challenge you to put God back in the Republican education Amen. platform for the for the Republican platform. You can't find God in it. We need to put God back in a Republican education platform for the state, and we need to put red flag laws in our platform and say that the Republican Ixnay. committee is against <laughs> anything that takes guns away from people that have not been convicted. Amen. All right. Dan, thank you so much. My pleasure. I'm glad that you're here. Anytime you're in Little Rock, you want to come by and talk, feel free to come thank in. Thank you. I always enjoy it. I'll always have an open mic for you. R.D., stay where you're at. Paul, stay where you're at. Yes, we sir. got another hour to go. Bible Guys at 5 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Final hour with the Power Panel here on the Dave Ellswick Show. If you're uh, watching on Facebook, remember the phone number, 501-823-0965. Our thanks to Dan Sullivan, State Representative, District 53, for joining us today. Remember, he's running uh, for the twenty District 21 seat for State Senate, and uh, that should be determined during the primary in March. So remember it to, to make sure you go and vote in March and during the primary. If you uh, think Dan Sullivan is the better candidate, you need to get out and vote for him. Uh, if you want to vote the next day for uh, John Cooper, that's fine with me. <laughs> There's a clear track record for both of these. Yes, there is. For both of these people, and I don't think you have to do a whole lot of research to see which one stands up for freedom. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I got... I, got, I want to show you guys a picture. See that little picture right there on the front page today? The you know Star? what they're, you know, yeah, they're talking about what's going on on our southern border. That is called Open Arms. That is a ship, 107 migrants on board, who remains anchored Monday off the Sicilian island in southern Italy. The charity that operates the ship suggested chartering an aircraft to take the migrants to Spain because they're trying to resolve a standoff as Italy's interior minister refuses to let the the vessel dock. So they don't think that, that, you know, it's we're the lone ranger here. But here in Italy, they're not letting them come in. Mm -hmm. They don't get to come in. So they're looking to fly them to Spain. Now, I don't know if Spain wants them or not either. Just because you want to go somewhere does not necessarily mean somewhere is going to allow you to come in. I just wanted to point that out. So they actually have laws? Yeah. And a process to go by? We got laws, too. We just don't follow them. All right, so I got a question for you guys. This is the other big story on the front page today in the Dem Gas, written by Jeannie Roberts. She's the Arkansas Democrat uh, Gazette uh, uh, reporter. The Arkansas Racing Commission yesterday opened a 90-day window for accepting fresh applications for a casino license in Pope County. Have you guys been following this story? About all the things that are going on I, I and the saw secret that it meetings. Got reopened up. I heard well, that they're been, reopening it up, so more applications for casinos. Well, and the reason being is that there's been people meeting together, and you know, the whole thing under with FOIA, you're supposed to do these things out in the open. These meetings, you're they they were like meeting in the park. Hmm. 
and things of that nature, wow. deciding what, who they Kinda, wanted to give things to and stuff. Wow. The, uh, the move came four days after a Mississippi company filed a lawsuit against the commission for refusing to reconsider its denial of the firm's application for the operating license. Meanwhile, a circuit judge approved the Pope County prosecutor's request to have a special prosecutor handle a complaint filed against county officials alleging they violated the State Freedom of Information Act in the Quorum Court's surprise endorsement last week of Cherokee Nation businesses for the casino license. Now, they are serious about that with the Quorum Court. Yeah. They will confiscate your cell phone and track all your text messages and phone calls. What's, oh, with, when, when you're the on the Quorum Court? When you're on the Quorum Court. Wow. Yeah, when you're having private meetings. I wish they would do that people, with state legislators. And, uh, and uh, the, you do not contact the, your fellow Quorum Court members. Your, well, the fellow Quorum Court members, you're supposed to contact the press. Yeah, if you're having if you're a meeting, yeah, the you're press supposed has to the announce to be it. there. Right, you're you're not supposed. Some to. of that has to change because you know they're still doing the old thing where you put the little postage stamp notice in a printed newspaper. Mm. Got to get away where, from where that. Three people see it. Yeah, yeah, because people just aren't <clears throat> reading newspapers the way they used to. But, uh, They'll take that seriously. Uh, I, it would be better if, if, like you said, if they did it at the Capitol. So all those let me go so. back and bring this up because you know R.D. brings this up from time to time, and he's right. Uh, when we talk about Medicaid expansion, one of the problems with it is that, yeah, all that government money came in, mm-hmm. but when you get flush with cash from the government, everybody gets starts getting sticky fingers, all mm-hmm. right? And you want to see how much of it you can get, mm-hmm. all right? Now, I'm not saying all of them did that. I'm not even saying the majority, but there was a sizable minority that made some pretty good cash off of, of that coming in. And the same thing with this red flag laws where, they're, you know, as uh, Jan brought up, uh, Lindsey Graham, Senator Graham, doesn't want to tell. He he knows a one-size-fits-all won't work. So what he's saying is, hey, I, we'll give the government, we'll give states the money necessary to decide what they want to do at Red Flags. I don't like it because it's going to be just like the seatbelt. Remember, yeah, the used seat to be <laughs> they couldn't stop you and give you a ticket, Okay. It was against the law. You, you were supposed to buckle up, but they couldn't ticket you. Make it a secondary but offense. But then they made it a, right. uh, they just, made a first offense and, and gave the, the right for people to, uh, you know, the state police, local uh, constabulatory, go ahead and, and uh, give you a, a ticket uh, for it because they gave, how was it, $9 million, I think it was, uh, from the federal government? Yeah. I, I, and, and, and they sold it this way. I love this. They sold it. Well, freedom for sale. We're doing this. We're doing this to protect you. Yeah, that's yeah, what it is. We got to see. Yeah. You are not smart enough to know that you should wear your seatbelt. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this to protect you, but yeah. really, we're doing it because we want that extra money. Right. And, and by the way, we're doing this to protect you. But you know, if you don't comply, men with guns will come and take you away. Yeah. And if you don't comply with that, you'll, you'll get killed. Which brings me back to the point that I wanted to make: How much money do you think is out there? RD, you've been on quorum court, floating around. In this case, somebody trying to get the license to build a casino in Pope County outside of Russellville. Well, I'm sure it's millions. Uh, a casino is going to be 
you know, probably a hundred million dollar project. So, no, we never had anything like that when I was on the quorum court that someone was going to come in a multi-million dollar project. But there's probably, if you look at all the the businesses that that it would affect in the area, so. That's the reason Brian King, when he was in there, was trying to pass the the bill about legislatures having to to uh, publicly let everybody know if they were had any part in a Medicaid expansion. Mm-hmm. So there's people that could be transporting people in buses. There's people that could mm-hmm. be in a rehabilitation business. There's thousands of, of of things like that. So and they're all getting their piece. And they're all getting their piece, and they can vote to make their piece bigger. And you think they're going to vote against <laughs> getting more money, whether it be on a county basis or or on a state basis? If they're thinking, hey, so they come in and they meet with these people and say, you know, we're going to have to have uh, we're going to have to have shuttle services for this casino. We're going to have to have trash services. You know, we're going to have to have people to provide all these services, and we'll be needing contracts for people to mm-hmm. do all these services for us. And, and you know, so who's can, getting them, right? Yeah, exactly. Who's going to get all these contracts? It's saying mm-hmm. it's Medicaid expansion mm-hmm. on, on, on a small smaller scale. scale, and it's on a county scale. But I think there's more check and balances on this county scale than there is on a state scale Maybe. because I don't know. we've already lost the battle at the state. So here's the key again. That's what and, – and if Steinbach was here – he would teach us about this, mm-hmm. I'm sure. The bottom line is that's what FOIA is so important about. Being able to check into that That stuff. is about transparency. Uh, so this past legislative You want to make sure that, you know, some quorum court member is not getting, you know, forty or fifty or $60,000 under the table to make sure company X, Y, or Z is getting a contract. Yeah. Now, if he's an attorney or a consultant, he could probably do it legally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a problem we've got with that whole consultant. And, and then just, just attorneys in general, because it puts them in a conflict of interest when they're state legislators. Because, you know, if you ever have to impeach a judge, that really puts your livelihood at risk. Because if you're an attorney and you're voting to impeach a judge, you know, what if it the, doesn't succeed? What if it doesn't succeed? And what if that <laughs> judge decides, you know what, you know, you, and what if it's a Supreme Court judge that might have some power over your license? That's a serious conflict of interest, I think, besides the fact that they're they're kind of a member of the judicial branch already, and you put them in, into the legislative branch. It's a, it's a serious conflict of interest in some respects, I think. Well, so many times when we go down there to speak for something, you, mm-hmm. you or I, Paul, mm-hmm. let's say for park testing, the the park testing that we were giving our, our kids was a terrible test from oh. the federal government, mm-hmm. and it took hours to do, and it really didn't shine any light to how well our children were educated at all. It was actually an indoctrination test mm-hmm. to see how good a job that the school had indoctrinated them mm-hmm. in the way that the federal government wanted them to think Mm -hmm. so i show up to speak against park testing Mm -hmm. and there are superintendents from all over the state of arkansas to to speak for it we should recognize those people as state-funded lobbyists yeah that's exactly right you have school teachers you have people from from the uh from the uh Associ- the State Teachers, Teachers Association. Association, and you got all those people there. And guess how many parents showed up? It was me. It was you. So you have one parent showed up mm-hmm. and a bunch of lobbyists from people that are state employees yeah, that are for getting right. federal the, money and getting more money for right. their I, school I think system. And you just said, what is the biggest problem 
about education in the state, and that is the parents not giving a damn. I mean, it's that simple. That's simple. Why would you allow at your school level some of the crap that's being taught at school mm-hmm. level? And look, I think Cabot's got one of the finest uh, education systems around, but there's some things that they do that needs to be changed. But parents don't show up at the school board meetings and they start don't show up you know, at the capital. Yeah, show up with their public, torches and pitchforks and say, stop it. Public school has become a nanny system for, for, for parents. It's like, well, I'm going to have babies, and I'll let the government take care of them once they turn four or five. Well, to one thing to, that, I, four or that five, I'll it's say, three years old now. there's one thing, the the freedom that the school board used to have. My dad has never been involved in politics, does not want to be involved in politics. But there were some bad things going on at the school system in Mountain View, Arkansas, and it brought my dad out to run for school board mm. to be a part of to be a part of that wow. back then the school board could review the curriculum yep and they could choose what they wanted taught in their school by teaching the curriculum. now it's the state could, that decides yeah, that right in, in the in the books so now the state decides that but the state gets incentives from the federal government to do it for the state mm. so it it is a little hopeless when you show up at the school board system. They usually actually have the power to make decisions that would affect what went on in the classroom. But now a lot of the power has now been you taken show up away. In, in Little Rock. And, yeah, that. you have to show up in Little Rock. So. Do they end up being a rubber stamp for the various different grants and, and free money handouts for the uh, for their local districts? Is that well, what, is I that haven't what it, been that involved in the school board. Yeah. Uh, system as as I should be, but too many times the power has already been taken away from them. Yeah, Jan Morgan, back with us. Hey, Jan. Hey, Dave. I just wanted to weigh in on this because I, I'm, I'm a parent, and uh, I have always believed, and still believe, that the best schools are the schools with less government intervention. I wish we could get the state and federal government out of our school mm-hmm. systems. And, and let the teachers do what they know how to do best, which is teach our kids. And what, what I discovered with my own daughter is, in, in public schools, all the teachers had time to do was teach kids how to pass that state-mandated test. I mean, they spent all their time memorizing and teaching them how to take a test rather than teaching them how to think and, and problem-solve on their own. They had to memorize and learn how to pass the test. Uh, so when I did put my child in private Christian school, that's when she really started getting the kind of education she needed because they didn't have the government telling them how they had to teach their kids. And, you know, I know there are a lot of great teachers in public schools. My mother is one, was one for 40 years. And you may not know this about me, but I actually taught in public schools for seven years. I taught broadcast journalism. Wow. Uh, when I first, yeah, when I first got out of TV. And I, I learned a lot about our education system, and I, I know there are a lot of teachers there who really love teaching, and they got in it for the right reasons, because we all know they didn't get in it for the money, because there's no money, but they but they want to teach kids, and they feel so strapped because of all the government mandates and the red tape and the paperwork that goes with the mandates. They, you know, they spend all their time trying to, to fulfill those things all day, and then they go home and they have to grade papers. It's like they work 24 hours a day. Uh, I think that, you know, the the same way I feel about government, less government is better government. Give more money, more freedom, back to the hands of the states, back to the hands of the people, and I think that you'll see a better America overall. All right. Well, Jen, how are those guys doing that are getting their... Oh, uh, they're, they're, 
they're done. They're finished. I just knew I wouldn't have time to drive to Little Rock at this point to get with you guys. But, you know, that's another thing. What what we had was uh, people who are retired law enforcement officers. Mm-hmm. You would think that, that those guys would be able to just carry for the rest of their lives. But no, in order to retain a, you know, that special permit to carry as a retired law enforcement officer, they have to continue to requalify and pay the government for that permission slip. It's just, I think that people in the military, if you have served your country in the military or you have served your, your public by working in law enforcement, you shouldn't ever have to pay anybody to go sit through a class and, and pay for a permission slip to carry a gun so, so when you're back home. What, what are they getting the permission slip for? I mean, you don't really need a permit in Arkansas to carry well, in general. If, What's... If, they travel, if they travel outside of Arkansas, Paul, yep. uh, and it's not me giving the permission slip. I don't actually give – I do training for law enforcement officers who are having trouble passing their uh, marksmanship exams at the academy. Okay. But I'm not certified to actually give a law enforcement training certificate. So all they do is utilize my range. They come in and they have a bunch of them come in all at once and recertify. I just provide the facility. I don't uh, actually, if it was up to me, I would just give it to them. <laughs> just say, here guys, you don't need my, my permission or you don't need me to watch you shoot, you know, but that's not the way it works. All right. So will we see you here next Tuesday? Yes, I will be there next Tuesday, and we'll and we're looking forward to seeing all the people again on Facebook. I, I love all the calls from all over the country because it, you know people had a different perspective and an interesting perspective from multiple states. And what we we've, we've all learned from this is, regardless of what our individual state problems are, they all kind of come together and are alike. And and if we're lucky enough to live in a state where we have more freedom, you know, people can see what we've got, and I think it helps them learn how to fight against their government and their state that's that's uh, engaged in overreach. Okay, now I, I I have to tell you something. I've been telling everybody your secret about you've got your own little bat cave there at the gun cave. You got your you got your uniform. You got that uniform that you wear at night when you're out fighting crime, and you got that super duper motorcycle that you ride around, you know, taking care of uh, of freedom for 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 us out there. You know, Dave. I. In your old age, you're getting trustworthy <laughs> with the secrets. I, I can't tell you anything anymore. You I tell know. everybody everything you know. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. Well, we'll see you next Tuesday, right, Jen. You Thank you so yeah, much. See you on All right. Bye bye now. You. All right. We got to take a break. Let's get that in. Don't forget about Dwayne Smith's insurance agency. They want to show you they can save you money and they can get you better coverage with your insurance. Here's all you have to do call them 501. 501- Eight one nine zero three seven three. That number again: five zero one eight one nine zero three seven three. Talk to one of the agents there. You know, talk to uh, you know Dwayne or any of the other folks that are Jerry or some of the other guys that are there, and they'll set up an appointment for you to come in, sit down. You bring all your insurance paperwork with you: your car, your house, uh, your life your motorcycle, your boat, whatever it is you got insured, you bring it with you and they will sit down and you guys are going to look at your your coverage, look at the coverage they can give you, which will be better than the coverage you had at a less cost. They're located at 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. That's the Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency. You know, when I... I th- think that Beto can't say anything else more stupid than the last thing he said. <laughs> uh, he always has something else that he can say to Here, hold my show. Beer, on, the yeah, moment. I mean, he's, <laughs> it's unbelievable some of the things he comes up with. For instance, here's what he had to say 
about the death penalty for the El Paso shooter. Cut number three. Do you support the death penalty for domestic terrorists like Timothy McVeigh and down the line the uh, El Paso shooter? I do not. don't support the death penalty. I don't know that taking uh, another life will prevent the taking of lives going forward. Um, understand that some people feel differently, and, and it is hard to argue with them after seeing the, the faces of, of the lives lost. Hard to argue with those in El Paso who feel that way when someone came in and killed 22 human beings in, in our community. Um, but at the end of the day, that's that's my belief, and um, and, and uh, but, I, but I understand those who, who feel differently about it. All right, and that's why I would never vote for you. Uh, but uh, I would pose that question differently to Beto. I, I did this many years ago when uh, Paula Cooper, a 16-year-old teenager, killed Ruth Pelkey, who was a um, Bible teacher who worked with inner-city young people uh, to teach them the good book and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paula Cooper and her friend, and I forget what her friend's name was, uh, but they decided that they thought that Paula, that um, Ruth Pelkey had a bunch of money. And so they went to her house and they killed her. And they stabbed her with a 12-inch butcher knife 36 times. And they stabbed her so viciously that they shredded the carpeting under her body. And... Uh, Paula ended up on death row, and they had marches for to, her. To save her life. To save her life. I uh, remember they, they were marching for her in Italy, and oh boy. they were marching, and they were wearing T-shirts with Paula's picture on it. And it, I always wondered, well, why don't you have Ruth Pelkey's picture on the shirt? She wow. was the victim. But here was a question that I always asked. If you had been Ruth Pelkey and Paula Cooper had your arms pressed down because she had her knees on her arms and she had that knife poised, ready to take your life, and you had a button in your hand and you could have pushed it and you could have taken her life so that you could save your own, would you have pressed it? About 99% of people or more would say yes. Mm -hmm. And I say to that, what's the difference with the death penalty? You're incentivizing bad behavior, and too many times government incentivizes the behavior that they really should be discouraging. So whenever you're walking around with a murderer's T-shirt on, and and when you're saying that this person has the right to live after killing someone that viciously, you're sending out a message to society that, you know, if you do this, then we're still going to support you and we'll be running around with your picture on your T-shirt. Here's the other question, Paul. Mm -hmm. At the Walmart in El Paso, Mm -hmm. while this guy was unloading on people who were running for their lives and he was shooting them down in, in the aisleways, if somebody had had a gun, would we not expect them to return fire and take this guy's life if they could? And if so, how is the death penalty wrong in that and that case? And that's part of the problem. I think O'Rourke would like to make it illegal for someone to be at Walmart and be able to defend 
innocent people. Unless and you have a badge on. Yeah, I guess so. And, and, and so the, the thing is, though, that so he doesn't want the death penalty for bad guys, but he does want government to come along and use deadly force against good people who refuse to give up their weapons. The fact is that I think he does like the death penalty, but he just doesn't like it for the bad guys. He likes it for the good guys who won't give up their rights. All right, let's talk to uh, Barbara in Little Rock. Hi, Barbara. How are you? Hi, Dave. Um, I, I want to hear y'all. I'm going tell y'all what I think, and then I would really like to get off and listen to what y'all say about okay. it. Um, uh, I'm sick to death of, like, for instance, Tom Cotton giving lip service uh trying to act like he agrees with the 10th Amendment and that red flag laws should be um, a state issue when if he really thought it was a state issue, he would be wanting the federal government to pass money to support it and be saying that the, the federal law enforcement would send in help at the local level should it be needed to uh, implement them. I think if he, I think the Tenth Amendment means that the federal government should let the state take care of its business, not meddle in it like that is. And I, I don't, I don't think that he uh, is supportive of the true Tenth Amendment or actually the Fourth. Um, but anyway, I'd like to get off and hear what y'all had to say sure. about that. Sure, no problem, because I'm a big Tenth Amendment supporter, and that's not language uh, racism kind of language there they say that's racism language now here's what i think the constitution says if you read the 10th amendment says that if the powers that have been given to the government other than those powers all of the power remains with the states so let's leave it alone and do that all right i don't want money from the federal government about red flag or anything else if we wanted to do that, the people of the state of Arkansas can make up their mind if they want to do that or not. And, and so Agreed? So, is, it, is that not what the Tenth Amendment essentially, is? Essentially, yes. And so so what happens is that the Tenth Amendment is set up so that unless the government has specific authorization— That's what I just said. —for, for, um, for, for, for doing whatever it is, mm-hmm. if there's no authorization for it in the Constitution— it's illegal for them to do it. Is that what I said? Pretty much. Okay. And so Thank you very much. And that's so what that's, I'm that's the thing is that 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 just like you know, if the federal government wants to come along and say, you know what, you got to paint your house a certain color. I'm sorry, that's not part of the federal um, federally authorized powers. If the federal government wants to come along and say, hey, you know what, you got to you got to build your toilets a certain way so they'll flush a certain way. I'm sorry, that's not within the jurisdiction of the federal government. That is just wrong. When government comes along and says, "You know what? You got to build light bulbs a certain way." Can't find my constitution. I used to have an and, 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 Sorry, this is this is a problem that the federal um, le- legislators can't seem to get their heads screwed on straight about. They they they, well, they 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 just oh, it sounds like a good idea. Oh, this is a good cause. We should support this. I just saw a a, a congressman, actually one of our congressmen here in Arkansas, suggesting that, that I think they should support some sort of good cause for maybe some disabled kids you know it might be a good cause but is it the proper role of the federal government i think the answer is no let me read from the constitution pretty easy to understand i think the powers not delegated to the united states by the constitution 
nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectfully or to the people. Well, well, my problem is my problem with that is the Second Amendment is covered mm-hmm. by it's the rights of the U.S. Constitution. It specifically prohibits. And the state does not have the authority to, to take your Second Amendment right away from you because it, it is shall not be infringed, infringed, is protected by the federal government, even and it is before the Tenth Amendment. Of course, the Tenth Amendment gets trampled on all the time. But... When Tom Cotton and and Asa are spouting out that this red flag law is going to make America safer, like they're going, like all the uh, uh, judges are are going to all of a sudden get real principled, uh, principled, and you, you know, hmm. I, I brought up the fact. Well, was was due process served whenever the Russian investigation was began, and and you know what the answer to that is. So uh, take a look at the FISA court crap that's going on yeah, right now. The FISA now. court. So in the United States of America, last time I checked, you were innocent and still proven guilty, <laughs> giving the judge the right to take your Second Amendment rights away from you without you being convicted of any law. There is no due process that will correct that problem. So any politician that says they're for a red flag law, that as long as it has due process, is saying that they are against the Second Amendment. And so part, part of the problem is that they may say... Like, well, you Tom, can't do a red flag law Tom, with due process. See, that's see, that's exactly right. Tom, there Cotton, is. Tom Cotton mentions that, that they need to have a, a good, solid process for holding people accountable when they lie. But, you know, there's a process now. That How's that get, working out for That you? doesn't get followed from How's what that? I understand. Because I, I was testifying about the red flag law here in Arkansas. I believe it was in the Senate committee. This, this, this year, I think it was Alan Clark that brought up and made the comparison with the DHS. DHS, it's a perfect that, comparison. I, I think he actually mentioned that it never happens, that they never hold people accountable. And, I, and I'm sure that it, that it does occasionally. But we just have never but, seen it. It should but, but not be occasionally. It should not be occasionally. A false report. Should be handled draconically, you know, aggressively. Wow. Right. You know, you know, if, if someone's lying to the government and they end up taking their children, you know, that's serious. It is incredibly serious. They've basically used the government to SWAT you, but instead of having the SWAT team come in, they've got somebody come in and kidnap your children. Yeah, there's a term for that, and I forget what the and, term and is right the, now. And it's awful. Uh, I'll get in trouble for bringing this up, but I had the police and the DHS show up at my house before because uh, someone at school had called the DHS because they thought one of my children had cigarette burns all over their arms Mm. when me and my wife don't smoke. None of my relatives smoke. None of my friends smoke. But he had mosquito bites. Um, so you got the DHS and the police showing up because you have mosquito okay. bites. Let if me it, tell you. If it had been Kentucky, a red flag law, they'd have been after my gun. Happened in Kentucky. Wow. My daughter, uh, Megan, uh, had a medical condition, strawberry something it's called. It's where yeah. there's a, a group of, of uh, capillaries mm-hmm. that get together and... If makes it, marks. Yeah, makes marks. And if you fall and hit it, it'll swell up mm-hmm. and whatever. And some teacher thought that I had grabbed her by her wrist and had held her up or something. Bruised her real bad. And turned, and turned it over to the state uh, DHS. Mm-hmm. And they showed up 
at my door when I was at work, my wife was at home, scared the living crap out of her, had to fight with them about it, mm-hmm. ended up having to show up uh, down at the sheriff's office mm. with documentation of the from con- a doctor of the condition. about that. Right. Most ridiculous crap I've ever seen. So you were guilty until That's proven exactly innocent. That's exactly right. right. I and, sure as heck was. And, and when my son had scratched those mosquito bites and made scabs mm-hmm. on his arm, uh-huh. and right. they turned me into the DHS who showed up with the police. Yeah. That's crazy. With the police. Ready to take your children. Ready to take my children. Well. Luckily, I, I, I know the sheriff. Luckily, mm-hmm. I know people to call to say, hey, yeah. you know me. You better call these people and tell them they've made a mistake. Back off. If, right. if it was some single mother somewhere mm-hmm. that had no connections, they would have yeah. taken her children. You know, you know, yeah. I don't have any kids, but I've got nephews and nieces. Guess what? Especially little boys. They're clumsy. They hit their head on stuff. And like little kids scratch mosquito bites. You know, If you live out in the country, you get chiggers. Those things are awful. I can't keep from scratching the blasted things. What, what do you think of a little kid who's four or five years old? They're going to scratch themselves till it, till it makes little sores. Right. And That's here's, life. here's the key, Paul, is people who've never walked what R.D. and I have done mm-hmm. will go, well, you know, we, you, we just got to take, you know, make sure the kids aren't being abused and stuff. There's better ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a much better way than doing it because, uh, and, and they said, well, you're just out a little bit of time. You have never had. You've never had the police show up at your door and say that you're a child abuser because they don't look at you as not abusing the child. They are looking at you are guilty of what has been said, and what do we need to do to remove this child from your presence? I'm just telling you, you, unless you've been there, you know not what you're speaking of. and, And one quick thing. Tom Cotton said here, and I'm sorry we're picking on him, but you were on the show and you said this. Apparently, the listener that called in heard the same thing that we are. Two or three feet away from us. Yeah, exactly. Said that the reason, whenever I brought up the uh, Russian investigation, he said, that's the reason we're going to send it to the states, you know, because there's too much corruption Mm -hmm. in Washington. Well, uh, Senator Cotton, I don't know if you've got the Democrat lately, or if you've been studying up what the DHS has been doing, got but we've got our own fair here. share of corruption in yeah, the state of right. Arkansas. And, and a serious lack of accountability for government officials when they break the law. All right, got to get a break in. PI Roofing Home Solutions wanting you to know that they will fix your roof. I've had my roof fixed by PI Roofing. Great workers, great people to do your deal with. They take all the problems with uh, insurance and all of that, they'll work with your personal insurance company. Make sure that all you're going to end up paying is that deductible you have. Like I got a thousand dollar deductible on my house and uh, the rest of the, of the roof was taken care of by my insurance company. We had a bad hail storm a few years back and uh, it caused a lot of damage. They came out and fixed it. Now on top of that, they'll take care of, the home repairs that you need done inside your house if you got a leak because let's say there's a hailstorm breaks some of this of the uh, uh, material and uh, it causes problem with the paneling and all the rest that's on top of your house and you get water in your ceiling of your of your bedroom discoloration they'll fix all of that for you they'll also take care of your gutters keep them clean and they even have new gutters that they'll put on your house that look like crown molding. 
Visit their website. See what they have. They'll take good care of you. Great professionals. Great Christian people. That's P.I. Roofing. P.I. Roofing.com. All right. I have to play this piece of audio because Dr. Jill Biden makes the same kind of gaffes that her husband does. Mm-hmm. I want you to hear what she has to say here. <laughs> this is hilarious. Cut one. You know, your candidate might be better on health care than Joe is. But you've got to look at who's going to win Silver King. And maybe you have to swallow a little bit and say, okay, I so personally like Silver so better. But your bottom line has to be that you have because I know that not all of you are committed to my husband, um, and I respect that. But I want you to think about your candidate, his or her electability, and who's going to win this race. And so if you're looking at that, you've got to look at the polls. And, you know, a lot of times I say, oh, you know, polls, excuse me, polls don't mean anything, polls don't mean anything. But... If they're consistent and they're consistently saying the same thing, I think you can't dismiss that. I mean, you all deal with facts. So um, I think if your goal, I know my goal is to beat Donald Trump, we have to have someone who can beat him. And so if you look at the polls, if you look at Joe with his record with independence, we can't just have Democrats who are going to win. You know, we have to include everybody. Our party has to be more inclusive, which means we have to go to independents and say, join us. We have to go to Republicans and say, okay, you're a Republican, but you can't tell me that your children are proud of the president, you know, of the things he says. And, right. and uh, We can stop it there. You know, Bottom line is what she said I found so entertaining. Your candidate might be better, but you got to look at who's going to win. Well, so, she, you know, you may not, you know, it may not be the best candidate that we put up there, but maybe they can beat Trump and your candidate she's, can't. She's trying to appeal to the electability. The thing is, during she's, the primary is, is kind of the better time to start to try to actually vote on principle. Whereas uh, Jill Biden I, has no principle I, I, except and, seeing and, her husband and, and elected. That's, and that's the thing is electability is another issue during the primary. And, and I don't. I'm not sure what to think about Joe Biden. He, she might actually be right that he might be the most electable among the, the um, he's a the, the, the silly people up there. Well, you know, she said healthcare. After that, she was talk. It sounded to me like she was talking to some full blown socialist, and that she was saying he's not as good on healthcare as your candidate might be. That means he's not pushing Medicaid for everyone probably mm-hmm. as hard as some of the other candidates are. Be. So he's not going to give out as much as free stuff. But even if you don't get as much free stuff with him, then uh, she's making the argument that we know Joe Biden is probably the most electable. And so you need to swallow your principles and, and vote for him, even though you think he's just a dumb old white guy. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he's an old white guy. You know, if he gets elected, He's older than Ronald Reagan was when he left the White House. If he gets elected, we better not have any red flag laws. Yeah. (laughs) All right. They'll be definitely taking his gun. All right. Appreciate you, R.D. Thank you, Paul. Dan Morgan, thank you. Bible guys are up next.
All right, let's get into the final out. Bible guys are here. I've got a bunch of questions for you all. And uh, Billy Miller is here, and Steve Hess is here. Uh, Scott welcomed a new grandchild here in the last few days. He will not be here today. He'll be back next Tuesday with us, hopefully. Hope to see him there. All right, so got a question from a listener who missed us on Facebook a few weeks back. Okay. And I guess they felt like their question wasn't clear enough. And, yeah, your question was clear enough. I remember the question. But the answer is going to be the same no matter that you change the question a little bit. But here, here's the question. That's funny. I was unable to hear it on Facebook that day. So I'm asking again, and maybe I'll make more sense this time. Could it be that creation was not in consecutive days? Could there have been days or years between the days? For example, on the sixth day, God created all the animals. Did that include the dinosaurs? And when did they roam the earth? They had to be created by God at some point. And what about giants like Goliath? Was he really a giant or was that term used? And possibly our understanding of the word giant isn't what the Bible means. She'd been listening. Mm-hmm. Okay. They may be under Hebrew. It's different than what we're saying. Goliath was six feet, nine inches. Well, to be honest, Goliath was nine feet, six inches. I guess uh, short folks, he would be considered a giant. Great question. Um, we'll, we'll deal with the Goliath first. Um, that the terms used to describe Goliath uh, and the Anakim and those those that terminology literally means a tall person, right? Um, and so he was legitimately that tall. And so some people try and tie those straight back to Genesis six when the term giants is used in the King James, mm-hmm. but it's not the same word. Um, and just because there were some tall people, maybe a little bit taller than, than average, we have some extremely tall people in the world today that are in the eight feet range. So a gigantism, right. I think is what it's right. correct. And so to have somebody who is a, a, a foot taller, um, is not something that would be abnormal, um, needing some super spiritual intervention or whatnot. The term used in Genesis six, um, is more of a celestial term means the fallen ones, uh, it, but it doesn't mean size. Uh, it means more of a spiritual giant, but it doesn't mean, but it's possible that it could mean giant in size, but that's not what the word actually means. Um, so why is it possible for there also to be just giant people? Because there were giant animals. So uh, it's commonly taught in, in most of the creation circles that the world was vastly different before the flood. Mm-hmm. Even Second Peter says that in the last days that people will be ignorant of the flood and that the world was in the water and out of the water. And it changed the entire structure of the world. So some uh, refer to it as a that the world was like a terrarium, um, yeah. high um, oxygen uh, content in the world and a perfect and pure environment. Uh, and so people probably grew larger they definitely lived about animals right dinosaurs and i think that that was the case with the animals and they probably uh were that grew in that environment and some in their state probably survived the flood but didn't live past much the flood that were probably on the ark as a matter of fact if you go to the ark exhibit in kentucky they actually have dinosaurs on the on cool. their ark. It's a cool place. It really is. If you've never be been there, you got to go uh, yeah, to it. i got to get up there. Plus, so, go to the Creation Museum while you're there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and so if the people, 
if you look at the ages and after the flood, the the age of the men back then rapidly declined. Yeah. Um, and I would imagine that that's what happened with the animals and the height of men as well, not just their age. Yeah. Uh, I will be um, a little more definitive, I suppose. Um, uh, no, I I believe in a literal six-day creation. Oh, yes. Um, and I believe that all of the animals, including the dinosaur, were created on that day. Um, yes, I believe that the environment we know um, – that the fountains of the deep, we know that the fountains of, of the air were all broken up. We know that for the first time we saw rain. What the environment looked like prior to the flood, I don't know with certainty. Uh, what I can say without hesitation is that it was radically different than what we are living today. Why do I think dinosaurs uh, walked the earth at the same time man did? Well, we you won't hear, hear it taught in your uh, public schools, but we have archaeological evidence of where um, stone is Texas. found. Yeah, Rose, in Texas. Texas. Where you've got a dinosaur print with a human print uh, fossils all at this. And you can't, you can't let the dinosaur print become a fossil and then get a new fossil in there millions of years later, which is what um, they sci- say the science difference teaches. is age. Yeah. Right. So that simply can't happen, which having these two in the same spot, uh, literally one foot inside the footprint of another p- foot means they were laid down. Uh, basically at the same time, um, close enough in time that one was not washed away right. by the, uh, during the, the lifespan of the other one uh, either. So uh, I, I suspect that uh, the closest thing we have to dinosaurs today are probably the crocodiles, the big saltwater crocs. Yeah, big, big um, turtles. And they are probably the, the largest things um, that were of that nature that could survive post-flood. The, the truth is the post-flood or the flood destroyed lots of what we would think about uh, the ancient world. I suspect that uh, the Garden of Eden is probably underwater at this point as a result of the flood. So, One, a, a one animal that's mentioned that we really don't have a comparison to today is mentioned in Job, and it refers to the Leviathan that has a tail the size of a cedar tree. Right. And so we don't have anything like that around today. So something lived around Job's right. time, which Job is actually considered to be the oldest book in the Bible. Well, and we know um, there's some big squids that are huge. We know that Job is dealing with the Leviathan. The Mm -hmm. the word we translate as whale there is actually the Leviathan as well. And when we actually go look at the description of the of the Leviathan, it sounds a lot like what the the Chinese have um, kind of canonized as dragon. When you go when you go read the description, if you look at a a Chinese dragon and then go read the description of the Leviathan, you go, oh, I know where they came up with that because you're you're reading right straight out of the biblical Mm -hmm. text to create that image. So. Um, yeah, I, I think they were all contemporary, and yes, I absolutely believe in a six-day creation. All right. Who exactly are the 24 elders? They can't be angels because angels don't wear crowns. Right, and they're referring to this the, is revelation. Uh, revelation and the uh, 24 elders that um, were sitting on the thrones, and they fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And, and they, they cast their crowns. Their, they cast their, their crowns, crowns down. Um some have interpreted this for many years to be the um, 12 tribes of the Old Testament and the 12 apostles mm-hmm. of the New Testament. I heard a new teaching not too long ago, that, and this makes more sense to me, um, that they are of the divisions of the priesthood. Uh, because the divisions of the of the Levites, their sole purpose was to worship God. They right. didn't have land. Uh, they didn't go to war because their whole purpose was to um Worship God. And so Second um, Chronicles, I believe, 24, 25, records the 24 different um, 
orders of the priesthood. And to me, it would make sense that they were the priests whose sole job on earth and in heaven was to worship God. That's so Old Testament. I do. Sorry. <laughs> we tend to be a little bit Old Testament. I'm just saying. So you got to have both books or not only neither one books. of them make any sense. <laughs> not only do you got to have both books, I promise you with absolute emphaticism, you will never understand the book of Revelation unless you go back yeah. and look at all of the pictures that John is pulling from. Right. Right. All right. You guys ready for the next one? Sure. Did Jesus ever get sick, or did his holiness and perfection protect him from illness and injury? The second half of that one's a slam dunk. Right. Um, his holiness absolutely did not protect him from injury um, because we can point at a cross now. And whips and wounds and right. mm-hmm. yep. everything leading up to the cross in that final day. Now, the rest of that, uh, Scripture silent. Yep. Um, to me, it I, wouldn't make sense that he was sick while he's healing people from the sickness that's right yeah i mean there's no evidence that did did 12 year old jesus ever get the sniffles i I don't know um he is still 100 percent human uh so it's certainly possible did did he run with the boys and fall and skin his knee probably yeah the the real question is um does it change anything and for me the answer is no he still went to the cross and still died for me he's still perfect he still rose um, so it doesn't change anything for me, but I, the, the short answer there is that scripture is absolutely silent on yeah. that. Okay. But and probably not. Where scripture is silent, we will be silent. Pure we speculation. That's the way, it, the way it works. All right. We've got to get a break in. First break here. Applied research. Uh, diabetes to, you know, you know, type 2 diabetes can leave you feeling stuck. You know that diabetes is a lot to take on. Type 2 diabetes is a lot to to deal with. But good news, there's a new study that might be able to help. If you suffer from type 2 diabetes and are only on metformin, you may qualify for the new study from Applied Research Center of Arkansas. Participants receive study-related care at no cost and compensation for their time and travel. The A1C... Eight or above. Eight or above on your A1C. Call 501-954-7822 or just go to the website, arcarkansas.com. And while you're there, check out the other studies. You know, low testosterone, kidney stones, ulcerative colitis, GERD, bunions, gout. They got a lot of different OA knee, 18 years and older as far as that's concerned. So that's what you need to check out with Applied Research Center of Arkansas, ARCArkansas.com. All right, just coming back. If you're on Facebook, guy in the brown shirt, that is Steve Hess. The gentleman in the black shirt, that is Billy Miller. They are with us today. Scott uh, is not here today. He'll be back with us next. Hey, wait. I just realized you're sitting in Scott's chair. Yeah. That's why. I feel so much more smart. How did you get bumped over? I, yeah. I just now realized when he said Scott, I started looking at Scott's empty chair. Scott will be here next week. Mercy. All right. We look forward to seeing him then. All right. Can you explain progressive revelation and if you believe in it? Uh, I don't believe in how most would view progressive revelation, but I, I would say a progressive revealing. And I know somebody's going, well, isn't that the same thing? (laughs) Uh, Most would view progressive revelation as almost how using the covenants. 
So God made a covenant with Adam, and then he made a covenant with Abraham, covenant with Moses, covenant with David, right? And then there's the new covenant. Progressive Revelation says that as we progressed from one covenant to another, or not just the covenants, but one understanding to another, everything previous is irrelevant. You left the behind behind. And I don't believe in that aspect. So I believe that in the beginning, when, when God first said to Eve, that her seed is going to destroy the serpent, that that was the beginning of telling. And then from that point forward, the unveiling or the revealing of God's plan did, we progressed. Right. But when Moses came, it didn't undo Abraham's covenant. When David came, it didn't undo Moses's covenant or Noah's covenant. And even when Yeshua came, he renewed the covenant, not completely made a new one and did away with it. And that's what progressive revelation teaches is that when we get something new, everything previous is irrelevant. Yeah. Jesus said he came and fulfilled. Correct. Absolutely. And you got to understand that word but too. It, I mean, you can't, it, you, go, you go through and look at what all the prophets prophesied about the coming of the Messiah. And we didn't fully understand it. We didn't fully understand what Abraham offered Isaac. Right. You know, but we now know what the full revealing of that progression of revelation was. All right. Next question. Very where the rubber hits the road type of question for a believer. What's the best way for me to share Jesus with my friends and family? Seems hard to share with those who are closest to me. Is that normal? That is absolutely normal. Um, the answer to the, to the second question is yes, absolutely. The answer to the first part of that question, I think, is faithfully living out your new lifestyle. Um they know where all the, your bodies are buried, right? I mean, they know what you they know where the skeletons are. Right. They they know they know how you grew up. They know how you acted before you got saved. Your best witness is a changed life. Um, it will make them eventually. At, at first, they're just going to uh, be skeptical. Watch. Yeah, they're going to be skeptical. They're going to watch and see whether or not you will live what you're. If you will walk the way you're talking, uh, if you do faithfully do that, then eventually they'll get curious. And that is the absolute best thing that can happen because curious people ask questions and they're much more interested in the answers than they are you just walking up to them and starting shouting in their face about how they're going to hell or how they need Jesus. So let, let them become That's curious. usually not a good way. It's generally not a good way. That's not how Jesus did it. No, it's not, not how not. Jesus did it. Yep. Jesus was a big question asker. He liked to ask questions. Oh. Um, and I think that is still a very, very legitimate way to teach. Uh, I, I use that often when I'm preaching. Socratic. Yeah. Um, ask questions. Let, lo- them, let them ask questions. He loved people, and then those who were just being absolutely rude and unruly, who were the re- religious leaders of the day, those who is the ones he scolded. But with everybody else, it should be love. Right. And how important was asking questions? How important did God consider it? Well, he did say, study to show yourself approved. What, why would you need to study? Because there are questions coming. Yeah. you, you got to know A lot how to them. answer the questions. Yep. All right. Thank you for answering my question last week. I found it helpful, but I'm still wondering about the lost tribes. You know, Scott dealt with this last week. Yeah. Didn't Hezekiah receive a lot of people from Israel and therefore fulfill the regathering of the lost tribes? I've read something about that, and it seemed plausible. Yeah. Now, um, I use that, what he's referring to, um, to show that not all of the tribes are dispersed because Scott made reference to, um, um, oh, oh, I'm losing it for a second, um, not Hebrew nationalism, what's the word? Um, 
I unfortunately wasn't. Yeah, it's the, it's the week, phrase so. that they used to describe that all the tribes went to Europe. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, and that reference that he's referring to in the scriptures there talks about how, uh, actually, I think it's like several hundred thousand of those ten tribes from the north actually came in and molded into Judah. Now, we do know that some of them were scattered because we see New Testament references to letters being written to the tribes. So I don't know that we'll be able to fully see a regathering. I think that... Um, when Jesus comes back, you'll see the fullness of it. There's a lot of people that are really reading into it and taking a lot of stock in DNA test. Uh, they're taking stock um, in this um, um, European mindset that the people of Britain, Britain are from uh, the people of the covenant or the people from uh, Denmark, the Danish people are the tribe of Dan and that kind of stuff. Uh, and so people have gone too far into looking for the lost tribes. Uh, but I think there, a lot of them are pretty much just lost to history because they did intermarry, interbreed, and I just don't think there's any way to possibly identify them. And I think that that's going to be the job of Jesus when he comes back. All right. We got a minute until the news. Let me remind you, you have a 96% chance, 96% chance of what? Of losing $111,000 in Social Security benefits. That's according to new research in Bloomberg. Ninety-six percent of Americans lose one hundred and eleven thousand dollars in Social Security benefits, and they do it because they take their benefits at the wrong time. Learn how you could avoid this by uh, taking in an educational workshop, maximizing Social Security, with David Lucas, right here in Little Rock. There's going to be two workshops in September: Tuesday the twenty-fourth, Thursday the twenty-sixth. Registration for either one is $20. Seats are selling fast. If you've saved $250,000, register now by calling 501-653-6690. And uh, this is going to help you out. It's going to reveal the little-known strategies you need to know that could help you wring every nickel out of your benefits that are rightfully yours. So if you just joined us, it's the Bible, guys. Oh, I needed to remind you that phone number again, 501-653-6690, or just register online at davidlucasfinancial.com. Go there. You can find out all about it. <coughs> Excuse me. Guy sent us an article and said it should disturb me, and it does. Sorry. <laughs> Hate when that happens. Ran out of my allergy pill. Says, I thought the only way to heaven is through Christ. Are these other religions not going to heaven? Yeah. Yeah, it is and no. <laughs> so the article is, I wish it were something Spiritual new. Spiritual enlightenment. It's what they have yeah. called new ages. Yeah. Right. And, and part of the ecumenical movement um, and, and we were talking earlier about the proper definition for ecumenical, and that means being able to get along. Yep. But that does not mean saying that we're all same, same. No, um, no. I'm sorry. But if there's any way, and, and uh, if there's any way to heaven, th- so the entire article is about um, how basically uh, at their fundamental levels, uh, all the religions are basically the same. They're calling for morality, and they're calling for you to be a decent human being, mm-hmm. and they call for some higher spiritual plane. 
um, whether that's heaven or nirvana or whatever it might be. Um, this is patently false. Um, Christianity uh, does not teach those sorts of things the way other religions do. Um, for starters, all of these other religions are based on you. Christianity is based on the work of Christ alone. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do to save yourself. Secondarily, um, Christ said, forget what my opinion is. Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No, no one comes to the Father but by me. So when people go, you don't really think all these other people are going to hell. I go, as heartbroken as I am about that, mm-hmm. I believe the answer is yes. Um, now, I do make some significant leeway because uh, Paul talks about those who have never ha- heard, had the opportunity to hear the message of Christ, have never ha- had the opportunity. And he says, to them, there's a natural law written on their heart, and they'll be judged by that. Correct. Um, whether or not that is... Um, a judgment, a heaven and hell judgment when they stand before the throne. The good news is that's not my call. I don't have to make that judgment. Um, Now, I will say that part of what concerns me about that article is it talks about how they came to these revelations. Uh, They brought in a bunch of individuals, Buddhists and and Muslims and uh, all kinds of weird stuff. And then they all sat around meditating, not praying, not calling on Christ. They sat around meditating until they reached enlightenment. And this includes... I think there's a Catholic priest involved and a uh, evangelical Christian of some sort, although I put a giant question mark right. after that statement, uh, right. having heard what they were up to. But they sit around and meditated until they received some spiritual enlightenment. Um, yeah, I believe if you meditate and leave Christ out, you, you, can, can, absolutely, you can absolutely reach some enlightenment. Well, you open yourself up to sure all you kinds of things. Yep. And uh, you have to, one has to ask themselves. Uh, yes, there are some commonalities against with most of the religions in the world, but there are also some very big differences. Right. And why is it that if all paths lead to the same God, why would he give a complete different revelation to the Muslims, right. to the Egyptians, to the Buddhists, uh, to the Hindus, to the Sikhs? Why would he do that? Um, if he is all one, why would the Muslims worship on Fridays and the Jews worship on Saturdays if they're worshiping the same God? They're well, not- and beyond that, if there is any other path, Jesus got the worst shake ever right. because he was told, right. come, be the only sacrifice, and by the way, take on all this sin and, and take on all this punishment and and die for these sins, a horrible, tragic experience. And oh, by the way, I created another way over here where all these guys Right. have got to do is pray five times a day and they're in too. And that's because they miss the sacrificial aspect. They only right. look at the wisdom, the parables, and the knowledge that he brought, and they forget the blood. They know There ain't no way but without the blood. You got to have the blood. There you go. They know about the Bible. They do not know the God of the Bible. Yep. That is very, very true. Yeah. Hey, look, there are lots of people out there that know a lot about God and don't know God at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I, I mean, how can you be a... How can you be a theological teacher at a Christian college teaching theology and yet be a professed um, atheist? Atheist. Well, because they know a lot about God and yep. don't know God at all. Now, I'll never forget sitting down in my first hermeneutics uh, classroom and the uh, teacher saying, well, let's get one thing clear. The, uh, the virgin birth is a myth, and it didn't happen. Yeah, okay. 
Right. And so I held up my hand. <laughs> yeah. Me going to ask you a question? Why would I ask you? I, I said, so what you're telling me is that Christ was just born like every other person? Yeah. Okay, so where's the salvation come from? Right, right. Then he just looked at me. Right. Well, you have to work that out. Yeah. No, no, I don't have to work it out. You got to work yeah. it out. Yeah, because you're right. contradicting scripture. That's, That's I remind right. people that all the time that what our faith is based on, and you cannot turn a page in the letters that they are referring to the blood, to the sacrifice, to right. the blood, to the sacrifice. It is on nearly every single page that that terminology is used. And there's just no way without the offering of blood. The whole foundation. power. That's right. In the blood. That's it. Of the lamb. That's there right. You go. Right. And it was only one blood. That's right. known as the no, lamb. The that's lamb. right. That's exactly right. I, yeah. I agree. And people say, well, what if you're wrong? Well, I'm not, but I'm not know about it. <laughs> right. You know, right. That's, the, that's the key about that, here's but I'm the, not. Here's a statement I made to a uh, to an atheist friend of mine, a, a, a guy who, who grew up in kind of the same movement I did and, and eventually became uh, an atheist because he went to college and got a liberal arts degree. Um, it, we were talking at one point, and he asked me, well, what if you're wrong? And I go, well, I'll die and never know I was wrong. But that's if what I you're said. wrong, yeah, you go, when you die, problem. you're going to know you were mm-hmm. wrong. And I'm really sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's also why you know we kind of hinted at this, I think, on the break or whatever. We were talking about how there's been so many people um, in, in recent times who are walking away from their faith because yep. their faith was based off emotion yep. and not on fact. Uh, yes, there is a spiritual and, an, and and sometimes an emotional drawing that the Father brings you into. But if you start getting into his word and you go back and look at all of the prophecies that have been fulfilled, all the things that were either pointing directly, indirectly, or looting to what was going to happen when the Messiah ultimately came, that's why there's not a there's not a wrongness about this. Right. I can sit here and take you back and all of the illusions and the prophecies, either directly or indirectly, that said he was going to come and even said when he was going to come. Right. Right. And he came at the time Daniel spoke about, and the way in which Psalms 22, Isaiah 53, the offering and the binding of Isaac, all of these things written by different authors over a 1,500-year period all pointed to this event. That's how you know you're not wrong. That's how you know it's based on fact. Right. It's not based off emotion. It's not based off a single person's enlightenment that somehow this guy Jesus just came out of nowhere from Nazareth and walked around Galilee and Capernaum and just started teaching people, and somehow he's just got some new enlightenment that's contrary to Moses. It's so wrong. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk to you guys about Marty Sampson. Okay. Marty Sampson is the Hillsong writer who penned an open letter last week uh, expressing his appreciation for the kindness and goodness that he's received from Christians in the weeks after he announced his faith is on incredibly shaky ground. When we come back, let's talk about some of the questions that he asked. And if you were really steeped deeply in what the Word says, you wouldn't have these questions. Right. We'll talk about it when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. So I read this guy's post. He Mm -hmm. did an Instagram post. He's since taken it down. Right. All right. But I've got it. So I want to read it. and. I'm not judging here, all right? I'm just saying that if you have these type of questions, which I think are just basic, yeah. you know, milk 
Christian questions. Yeah. I wondered if he'd ever sit through a Sunday school class. That's what anywhere, I'm saying. I mean, ever. seriously, here, here's what he said. This is my soapbox moment. Here I go. How many preachers fall? Many. Okay. And what has that got to do with Christ? Yeah. Next. Okay. Why would that have any problem yeah. for you in your faith? That's somebody else that's having Correct. some kind of problem. No one wants to talk about that. Of course they talk, talk about, about it. it. We talk about it on the show. About you, you tell me how the nation of Israel turned their back on God if they just watched him split the sea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please. How many miracles happen? Not many. Wrong. Um, maybe maybe in your big right. cushy church, you're not right. seeing a lot of miracles, but uh, I get reports weekly of miracles happening all over the world. This guy, yeah. this guy is in Hillsong. Surely he's traveled... To Africa, yeah. there's all kinds of stuff going on in ha- yeah. Africa. Maybe it's because, as Jesus said, um, where he couldn't do miracles, it's because instead of running to prayer first, we run to the cabinet to grab motion, or we run to the doctor before we run Ooh, to that, the throne. That one hits a little close from home. I did have mm-hmm. to have a couple of Advil earlier. <laughs> there you go. So it says, not many. No one talks about it. Yeah, yeah, we talk about it, and yeah. there's a whole lot of wrong theology out there, yeah. and yeah. that's the reason we talk about it. Yeah. Why is the Bible full of contradictions? No one talks about it. There are no contradictions when no. you properly understand the Bible. Yep. Thank you. There is no Thank contradictions. There, there did are no one sit things. down with this guy, and yeah. did right. he ever ask these questions? Yeah. I'm right. just saying. Yeah, there's not a contradiction, but there are some things that have not been proven historically yet. Right. Like uh, they said there was no person named Pontius Pilate until they found a stone with his name carved right. on it. And right. a ring. Right. Right. And, and got to have the ring to press it in the wind. There you go. Right. I, I will also say that while there are no theological things that are contradictions, the Bible is also at places simply records what happened uh, historically, it's so there are some right. There are some historical things that happened and are recorded that would absolutely be out of the will of God. Um, but if you're reading that and going, "Well, here's a contradiction: um, this man sacrificed his daughter." Well, that's a recording of what happened, and by the way, that's probably not actually. And he did not cut her and burn her right. up. Uh, but secondarily, um, that's simply recording historically what happened, not that God approved of Correct. that action. All right, here we go. This is the one. Yeah, I'm going to want to beat my head against the table yep. here. How can God be love yet send four billion people to a place all because they don't believe? He didn't. They gave him the choice. They chose. That's it. exactly right. The Bible says you basically you're erasing your own name out right. of the book of life. That's correct. And it's just like saying to a person um, who has ruined their lives through drug addiction. They made a choice to grab drugs right. and inject drugs and do drugs. God did not force it upon them. They made a choice. Right. And if they don't go and see God, they made a choice right. to not see God. Right. And here's, here's a, this is the thing that drives me nuts about what he said. No one talks about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe not in your circle. Give me yeah. a call, but, bud. Uh, right. yeah. <laughs> I'll be happy to talk you through all of these. Yeah. As yeah. far as that one. There was... A, you know, I mentioned the guy that I listened to on the radio. He's he's pretty pretty known. His name's Dr. Michael Brown, and he was addressing this. And he he actually said that he goes, "I talk about this almost every yeah. week on my radio program. Give me a call." And he just so there's a lot of people because they live in that little environment, and we have lost the idea of discipleship in the church. Right. Uh, we get together and read some book, 
that some Christian author wrote instead of reading the word. The book. And yeah. we don't get in and ask those. There are some who don't ask those tough questions. But as Billy was referring to, I live in that world. Right. Because I'm, I am a truth seeker. And if there was ever anything that was found to go, hey, that doesn't make sense. Let me find out what's going on here. What's the context? What's the language say? What's the idiom mean? And then all of a sudden you go, oh, well, it makes sense when you read it. Right. You know, for example, like the the thing we hinted at where the guy said to God that uh, if he would do this, he would offer the first thing that comes from his house. And his daughter came out and he bewailed and all this kind of stuff. And then it says that the, that the woman and her friends went and bewailed her virginity. Right. She off he offered her in service to the Lord and was not going to have children or grandchildren, mm-hmm. and they were bewailing her virginity that she was never going to be married and have children. Yeah, that is a. It does not say he took her out and burnt her. Right, that is a huge um, offense to a, to an Israelite woman to be denied the opportunity to have children. Mm-hmm. Um, after all, the <laughs> Messiah is coming through this through a woman, right? Yeah. So to to say that uh, I'm going to to give you to the temple and you will never know a man. Um, what I've also just said, and what is in the back of every Hebrew's mind at that point is you've now been taken out of the possibility of being in mm-hmm. the messianic line. Sorry, you're no longer uh, potentially a part of that. Um, so there, that's a, that's a huge thing at that time and, yeah. and age for them. Right, so. so let was me there, read was there this. More? Yeah, there's okay. this part right here. And, and this, this bothers me a lot because I hear people say, the same type of things. And this, uh, he says he's not in anymore and desires his words, not mine, genuine truth. Yeah. Not the I just believe it kind of truth. And what he's talking about is people who use a, a, a saying of God said it, I believe it, and right. that settles it. Science keeps piercing the truth of every religion. Lots of peop- things help people change their lives, not just one version of God. Got so much more to say, but for me, just keeping it real. Unfollow if you want. I've never been about living my life for others. Just seems to me like another religion at this point. There you I have go. so many problems here. Yeah. Changing their lives, okay? That's the problem with church today. Go to the Christian bookstore and you will see book after book after book how you will be a better you and how you can live your most wonderful life now instead of going, you have sin and it has to be dealt with. This is not about changing your life for the sake of a better life. Yes, Jesus said he came to give us life more abundantly, but his first mission was to redeem mankind. And yes, there are people who can go into other programs and discipline their minds sure. to change, to stop doing drugs, to stop watching pornography, and just these other. But it doesn't deal with the root right. issue. And we can do that through martial arts. We can do that through yoga. We Correct. can do that through painting. There are lots of ways to change your life, quote unquote. But I never once heard him say, "Oh, by the way, this other religion over here tells me to take up my cross and follow as well." Right. I, I don't. I don't hear any of that. Where's his version of Christianity is all about him. Yep. My version of Christianity is all about Christ. Um, I, I, I am not important. Um, I am important to him, and that's the only person I need to be important. And I also question this man's motivations. He did not come out. There have been, there have been four or five individuals over the course of the last month who have come out who are prominent yeah, leaders. Yeah, you know, pastor, I can't think of his and, name. And saying, hey, look, I can't consider myself a Christian anymore. He didn't even do that. He came out and said, 
well, my, my faith is shaken right now. Well, and the son, okay, then shut up and keep it to yourself. And, uh, are, are you just trying to gain sympathy? Are you trying to get attention? Are you getting ready to write a new song? He's not being honest because the opposite <laughs> of what he is saying is true with regards to right. the scientific community. Absolutely. There are more and more scientists, atheist scientists, who are coming out and going, Darwin doesn't work. Right. You can Google a topic called mathematical challenges to Darwinism, how about a month ago, two months ago maybe, that a mathematician who teaches scientific mathematics at Yale University says it's time to reject Darwin. Absolutely. But he comes out and says, I'm not a creationist. I'm just telling you this doesn't work. Right. And so the the DNA and everything else they are researching and saying this is impossible for this to have been an accident. So he's not honest because this man must have lived in a bubble. Well, he says he wants genuine truth. Here's genuine truth for you. John 8, 31. All right. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, quote, if you abide in my word. See, that's where his mistake is at, number one. He's not abided in the word. He's not learned the word. You are truly my my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Right. You know, I think probably my biggest problem with anything he did there, other than the fact that he has damaged a bunch of people, is that he tells yet another blatant lie when he says, I don't really care what other people think about me. Sure he does, because that's why he came back and said, hey, I really haven't left it, I'm just shaking. If you don't care, then simply walk away from your faith and keep Mm -hmm. your mouth shut. But that's not what you did. You took to Twitter a public social platform where where we share our opinions with others to get feedback from others and made this giant announcement. I'm sorry, all you were looking for was the attention of others. So you're a liar on top of being a liar, sir, and I hope that you actually get saved at some point. Well, he needs to get off the milk and And get to the word. He needs some meat. There was another Christian music artist who came out and said, we need to stop making worship leaders our theologians. They're song singers. They're not theologians. I agree with that as well. Guys? always been a pleasure i had to get to that because that's a huge story right now within the christian community all right let's take a break until tomorrow i'll see you too hey don't miss the three o'clock hour there is a book uh, in california's history book it's being used in schools in california it's going to be used in schools all across america it was written by a socialist i'll tell you all about it at three o'clock you'll want this book kept out of your school system don't miss the three o'clock hour tomorrow Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 